make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Gotta smile when I say that shit. Ah! Good Picking up our voices. Yeah, or? yeah. So the the audio footage is right here. Cool. Camera's right there. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm here with Alex. Are we doing last names? Do you care? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Alex Went, my buddy. He is audaciously introspective. You're a very <laughs> introspective thinker, and you're honestly one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Audaciously introspective. Audaciously That's an interesting you, choice of words. You are you're fearless, man. When you go, very intrepid. You just you. I don't know. Like, I like. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. But um, so you're honestly one of the. Uh, <laughs> if we're throwing around compliments, you're honestly one of the most uh, motivated. I think people that I've met. Like driven. Driven, yeah. Driven. Okay. Driven would be a good way. You Thank know, you. You have you have the drive because a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are inspired, but they don't have the drive. So like you know like inspiration speaking, like maybe. Inspiration, like they have all these uh, ideas or dreams that speak to them that they would maybe want to achieve, but I feel like you have the uh, the fuel, the action, the fuel that can propel the action. Yeah, hey, absolutely. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt, I no doubt. That. I'm flattered. I'm mm-hmm, flattered. Mm-hmm. No, I mean to be quite honest, that's a quality I would like to work on in myself. Really? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think it all starts with discipline, mm-hmm. and applying that discipline as frequently as possible. So there needs to be a lot of consistency involved with that discipline to. Achieve whatever the goal is, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the difference between a goal and a dream would be that a goal has preparation, it has hard work, and a dream almost sounds like intangible to you, like okay. something that that's, can't actually be mani- manifested. Like whenever I- you imagine <laughs> yourself manifesting that desire, like it never, it's tr- it, it seems unrealistic. <laughs> you know, it seems out of reach. You hear about people. Uh- attaining their goals more than people attaining their dreams. I feel like you hear people not attaining their dreams, (laughs) dreams, you know? Like, what would be your dream (laughs) job or what's your goal on a job? Like, it's a different question, you know? It has a different different connotation to it. It is a different question, for sure. But, yeah, you you definitely have the drive drive to get there. Because, like, I may be... I feel heavily inspired often, but I have a heavy dose of laziness, and I'm willing to admit that. Okay. For sure. There's a heavy dose of laziness with Humble, me. humble. <laughs> but um, Honest. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I bet there's some growth involved in that laziness as well. Because I, I, knowing you, you, you don't really stray towards... Well, maybe, maybe you might like... Something that's not going to progress your growth, something like uh, like video games, you might do that for the enjoyment, the pleasure of playing the video right. game because you enjoy doing it. Sure. But I also feel like you, you're you're a curious mind. You have a very curious. curious mind, and you spend your free time also feeding that curiosity. Th- that's a very good observation. I'd say that's accurate in a lot of ways too. Well worded, or yeah, well worded. Okay. I, I I do spend a lot of <laughs> free time. You know, playing into my curiosity, and uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it probably goes both ways depending on the circumstance. I would say it's ninety percent good. It can <laughs> cool, get you in cool. trouble. Curiosity can definitely get you in trouble, but no doubt. No I kind of disagree with ki- like the expression kill- "curiosity killed the cat." I mean, I, I think curiosity is meant to be taken with some caution, but. Curiosity killed the cat. I don't think I, I'm familiar with that expression. No way. Can you describe like what it kind of means? I pretty much just like curiosity your curiosity can cat. get you fucked in life. Okay. Like, it, that's okay, that's yeah. probably the best way I could describe right it. Right on, right on. Yeah. I mean, 
it can. <laughs> I guess it's a true statement, but. But I would say I would say it's more positive that you're curious. I, mm-hmm. I my favorite people in life they they are often curious minds. As you and I both like Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the one word I would use to describe Joe Rogan, if I had to use just one, would probably be curious. Curious at yeah. the heart of like who he is. Yeah. And how he's grown as a person into the individual that he is, fifty years mm-hmm. old. I. I think a lot of that stems from his curiosity. Right on, yeah. And I, I think that's a uh, probably a quality that anybody that hosts a podcast, you know, probably has a good dose of curiosity. I would because, say I would describe try myself to, as that for sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, because there's a reason you would have so many different types of desks or guests, desks, uh, guests on to speak, and you know, I like a wide variety of, of guests. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've had so far. I mean, I'm I'm very. This is very in the adolescent, premature stages of this podcast. But mm-hmm. I would say so far, I've I've been extremely satisfied, extremely yeah. grateful for like the the turnout with uh, guests. Honestly, mm-hmm. Part, like location wise, from uh, where they came from, it seems like you've had some variation. I've had Ni- one from Nigeria, Nigeria, yeah. one from Ireland, Ireland. just on. Cool, cool, and also one from Britain as well. Oh, look at look at yeah. that! You're getting all sorts of. Uh, have you left the country at all? I've gone to Jamaica when I was like three. Okay, you probably don't remember it. No, barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't even so much made my way onto uh, Canada. I've seen Canada really because uh, yeah, this past summer I went to. Uh, I went. I was on Lake Erie. Uh, we what was to, that like? It was cool. Just a lake. Uh, Seems like an ocean though, because it's it's big enough, you know. Right. I think I've been to Lake Michigan, so I can kind of relate there. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah, I haven't even really looked at what's up. But yeah, so I could see Canada, but doesn't necessarily mean that. Hmm. So I have, I have a question for you that mm-hmm. I think you would have a very good answer to. Okay. You may or may not. I don't want to build any expectation for, for <laughs> yeah, you, no, me, for sure. or the viewers. For so, sure. how do you find serenity in stressful points in life? Serenity and stressful points in life. Okay. Well, ideally speaking, um, I guess I realize that uh, it doesn't matter. Now, that's way easier said than done, and I don't often perform that, you know, to those to that bar. Do you think that, that, idealistic that thought bar. lies in the comfort of not taking yourself too seriously or not taking life too seriously? Yeah, there's that. There's that that goes along with it. And I guess that's a very a very radical view, uh, or it can be, depending on how to what extent you take it. But I think, uh, I think I kind of realize in stressful situations, I'll try meditating, obviously. Do you uh, consider yourself a meditator? Yes. Frequently? Yes. yes. Um, there was, I've been meditating more this past, I'd say, month month i've been hitting it up daily a little bit not any sort of schedule i'm sure you've seen that painting up there that's a meditating man <laughs> yeah that's the one you painted right yep that yeah, was my first cool. painting ever yeah <laughs> he's getting he's getting the visions the colors yeah yep. yep. uh yeah i if you were to ask me that maybe like uh, a month and a half ago i wasn't meditating as much okay so i don't know my my relationship with meditation kind of uh it, it switches around. It changes around. And I guess my relationship with it, kind of everything in my life and everybody in my life switches around. Nothing seems to be static. 
Uh, That's good. And I'm okay with that. It's more spontaneous, less routine. Mm -hmm. And and routine is not necessarily a bad thing at all. And it's good to even establish a routine. Like, I could totally see myself establishing some sort of uh, specific meditation routine. But at least right now in my life, I kind of just, when I want to meditate, I meditate. Right, Uh, right. Half a year ago, I did kind of have more of a routine where I would do... Uh, a series of like Kriya yoga postures every morning, and then I start off with a morning meditation. Kriya yogurt, <laughs> yoga. I'm on that. Kriya, Kriya is just another word for posture in yoga, uh, or okay. like a set of postures, I guess. Um, your kriyas that you do, your morning kriyas. Uh, but and then I would try to do like a morning meditation. And then I would have like a, a meditation for meals and like at night. And okay. I haven't been on that regime. Uh, I've noticed for a while. Would you but, say that it, it makes you a lot more mindful? Yes, absolutely, okay. for sure, for sure, and uh, a lot of it has to do with what I'm what I'm doing in life. Like, if I'm really busy, I will do that stuff less. I will end up doing that stuff less because I do I do like opportunity a time, cost uh, for sure. Um, I do like a certain amount of time for, as you say, feeding into my curiosities. You know, reading stuff like that. Meditation takes time. I Meditation mean, takes time. Granted, though. It, it can only take about 10 minutes, and your Definitely. day will be... I like the way Sam Harris describes it, 10% happier. Or is it Dan Harris that describes that? I don't know who Dan Harris is. I do know it's Sam Harris, if we're talking about the right I one. I believe it's Sam Harris, and because I, I think he he's in the, He's in meditation. He's he is. into uh, secular Buddhism. Secular Buddhism. Secular, yeah. I'm unfamiliar with that. What is that? Secular Buddhism... Uh, well, the term secular kind of just means to, like... Uh, for instance, like when they... Like when you think of uh you know separation of church and state they want to keep things secular like okay. they, want, they don't want things religious dogma coming into things so it's basically like buddhism without the dogma and like the uh you know just the baggage of uh what some people might call superstitions or like mythologies and interesting cosmologies you know so it's more it's more of like a stripped down version of buddhism more, okay more uh Psychological, I guess. Is it uh, more structured, or I'd say it's less, less structured. structured. Uh, it kind of just takes the ideas of Buddhist philosophy and incorporates it in, into life, but they don't really, you know, entertain ideas like rebirth and like nirvana and stuff like that. They're secular Buddhists, at least my understanding of them. They're just trying to like use the ideas in Buddhism to improve, you know, their livelihood. You know, and it okay, works. And it okay. works. It's, so it's, it's like Buddhism without idea. superstition and religious ideas, kind of. I kind of like that. I like without that. This, a more practical it, it is a more practical approach. Yes. So that's that. That seems like it'd be more accepted in Western civilization. In uh, than in Western uh, than typical Buddhism. Yes, certainly for okay. sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, definitely more scientific. Scientific uh, adult minds would probably be more into secular Buddhism than. You know traditional Buddhist forms, okay. no doubt. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. There's there's some criticisms of secular Buddhism, but then there's there's a lot of people that that are all for it for sure. That's cool. So so back to the original question: How do you find serenity in stressful points in life? I think I realize you think that comes from your meditation. I think meditation can can play into it. Uh, thoughts that will come up. When I'm stressed, when I'm trying to get out of that stress, trying to unbound that stress that I feel, the tensions, uh, often kind of go towards the ideas like, it's all good, 
you're just a series of processes, you know, just like everything else in nature, you know, this is all natural, none of it is unnatural. Right. Um, you know, all of these sensations and feelings, they're just circuits that are lighting up in the brain body organism just neurons firing neurons firing it's you don't have to take it personally and that's way easier said than done of course so that's of that's course. i'm not denying that, that the mentality like not not like all this is fake but like but kind of yeah but but yeah kind of. it's, like this isn't the real thing like, it's very illusory it's, okay. it's 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 you know it's almost like a projection in a way you know it you know things aren't really soft and hard that's the way our brain, you know, puts it into a paradigm that we can understand. That's the way it perceives it. That's the way. And we perceive it through our five sensory factors. Yes, yes. Five okay. sensories and the, the brain system. And, and then we place judgment based on our own interpretation based on our limited senses. Correct, correct. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think as far as being mindful, I, I think it's, be, it's important to be mindful that a moment will pass. Everything is Absolutely. temporary. Absolutely. That's and that that's probably another line of thoughts that come up when I'm trying to, you know, find serenity in stressful situations. Right. Definitely. That all is impermanent, you know. Like I haven't found a single thing in reality that I believe will a form that you can take of any form whatsoever that you can identify uh -huh. that will be that way forever. You know, things are always changing. So yeah, so even the negative feelings, the bad feelings, stressful times, it'll all, it'll shift. It'll fade. No doubt, no doubt. That emotion will pass, mm -hmm. that thought will pass. If I have 100% faith in anything, it is the principle of impermanence. In impermanence? Impermanence, yeah, that nothing is permanent. I would agree. I would agree, everything is temporary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything is temporary. Yeah, and that may sound depressing to a lot of people. But, but at the same time, it's so beautiful. It is very beautiful. You can't pin it down. People like to hold on. <laughs> they like to hold on, and they want to hold on as tight as they fucking can. Mm -hmm. They want to hold on as tight as they can. Absolutely. Because they want to change. They want to control their external surroundings. For sure. As much as they possibly can, but realistically, you only have so much control. Definitely. Definitely. And then when things change, and they're still holding on to things, then there's, there's issues. That's right. where stress comes from. But, yeah. It's an interesting because they're game. not accepting what is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's something I struggle with. I struggle with yeah. accepting what is sometimes. For sure. And again, huge statement. This pretty much will probably ring true throughout the whole podcast. Way easier said than done. You know, it makes sense when you think about it intellectually. For right. sure, that's where stress comes from. You know, you can't accept the moment. I mean, at least at least mental stress. Sure, there can be physical stress regardless. You know? Resisting the resistance. Yeah, it's the resistance that's the Instead problem. Instead of just giving in. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, that's what I struggle with because I struggle with obedience. I I like to question everything, and I I have a very analytical mind in that aspect. Like, I I question, well, why am I doing this assignment, or why did I do that? Why did I say that? I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't know if I say that too much because that kind of stems from insecurity. I don't really like regret what I say very frequently. Mm -hmm. But when I do, when I say something I don't necessarily agree with or that's just straight up wrong, mm -hmm. I'm willing to admit my wrongs. I don't pride myself on being right. That's good. I, I think that's extremely important not to pride yourself on, hey, hey, I'm the one that's correct. You know, that's right. Those are typically some of the most annoying people in life. <laughs> Whenever they just can't let a point go, they have their opinion, they're arguing it about a, an opinion and you guys just disagree, but they're unwilling to admit they're wrong mm -hmm. it's, it, I, I, 
that bothers me whenever you you pretty much in an argument pin somebody to the wall and they just want to make like, you got them beat you got yeah, them beat you exactly. got them cornered and they're just like well, fuck you man nobody likes to be vulnerable <laughs> nobody likes to be vulnerable right yeah it's it's nobody likes to be vulnerable nobody likes to be wrong nobody likes you know it's the insecurity it's okay to be wrong mm-hmm. you know and that's what i think is hard to realize but if you do there's a lot of power in that because then you can't lose because if you're wrong it's just you're wrong that's it nobody wins nobody oh, loses. wow yeah you know you're just wrong you can learn great that's, that's a good thing you have to look <laughs> you have, that's how you have to look at it you have to look at it as a learning experience mm-hmm. same with any failure in life mm-hmm. that's what yeah because it you said you said I have a very cure. What did you say? How did you describe me? Uh, you're very driven. Driven, yeah. Driven. And it, I would say with that drive, it, it, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty as well. For sure. At the same time, there is certainty, but there's a fair amount of uncertainty in like what I want to do in life, what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy. So what I've what I've taken, the mentality I've taken, it's really really I've kind of been this way ever since college has started. So I, I originally went to Chicago, okay. played a semester of soccer. I've been playing soccer for 19 years then. 19 wow. years. Okay, but I was 19 years old and I spent, I spent from like age four till 19. So like 15 years just playing soccer constantly. Mm-hmm. I always really enjoyed soccer. I love the sport. I, to this day, I love playing soccer. Right. It's one of my the most blissful moments I can have. But I decided that I want to try I always wanted to try new things. All these new things I wanted to try in high school, I just never had the opportunity to because I didn't. I was so limited on time. I'd be on a, out of town on the weekends. I would have, go to practice after school, like just very limited on time. So whenever I was finally done with soccer, I took advantage of that because I, and I, I just tried new things. And I've learning from trying new things. I have failed a lot. Mm-hmm. And I failed on YouTube, and I somewhat failed on. I, I was pretty successful on Vine, but uh, but on top of that, there are a ton of things I've failed and learned from, and I enjoy. It. Like I, I started a failing business for charity mm-hmm. with some buddies back in college, and honestly, it was a failing business, but I learned a shit ton. I learned a ton in the process, and I, I think action needs to be taken, mm-hmm. you know, and just just keep on proving on. Each day, improving from the day before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, failure is inevitable. Failure is inevitable. <laughs> I think most people success. will fail. <laughs> but uh, it just depends if you get back up or not, you know. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. Actually, there's a... Here, I'll, I'll show this. I'll get this for the camera real quick. I painted this. Cool, cool. Oh, look at that. Here, I'll, I'll put it up in front of... I think the camera can see it. Nice. I don't know. It's so... So basically, it's like it says discipline, consistency in the background, and then there's this ledge over here. It says your comfort, comfort zone. zone. <laughs> Make the leap of faith, and all all along the stepping stones of success mm-hmm. are mistakes, temporary defeat, and failure. Indeed, indeed, stepping stones. I like that. I like how you, the uh, almost like it's good that you call them stepping stones and not like pillars or, <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> or something, true. but like. Exactly, like that is the road. The road to success involves a lot of those things. A lot of failure and learning from those failures, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thought that was super metaphorical. I just kind of wrote it on a piece of paper one night and then just ended up painting it in like 20 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Leap of faith, make the jump, or fear the unknown. Did you do that recently? When did you do that? Uh, I did that probably last May, so like 
Right on. What is that, like six months ago? Cool, cool. You're making me want to paint. You're always doing this <laughs> painting. And I know you invited me over uh, the one time. You thought it would be a good idea that, to paint or whatever. I guess I was busy, but oh, no worries. we'll have to do that sometime. I got all the materials, man. Yeah, cool. yeah. And especially how you said it's uh, winter coming up. You know, get all nice and cozy. That'd be fun. <laughs> Drink some coffee and paint. I'm down with that. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's so fun to just, like, put all your time invested in, like, creating something that's going to last forever. That's why I like these podcasts, too. I enjoy doing that. I, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm always I always am searching for these new kind of routes of expression. Uh-huh. And it's it's weird cuz I expression is something I'm trying to figure out cuz I don't quite understand it yet. How so? Why do you does a species feel that they need to let that something out, you know, whether it be in the form of music, it's the creative it's, it's, energy? Yeah, it's not necessarily enjoyment. I mean, there's enjoyment that goes along with it, no doubt. But it's not necessarily all enjoyment. I can't pin down exactly what it is, but like, um, you know, like, I suck, but I've been wanting to learn how to play the guitar. I've been wanting to, just because it feels good to play. It, and, but not on an enjoyment level. It's weird. I, I just want to put something out. It's like a mentally <laughs> stimulating. I know what you mean. I know mm-hmm. what you mean. Like, it, there's, it's a weird type of enjoyment. It's, like, different from, like, a normal, like, temporary bliss kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's very important, too, I think. And I think a lot of people do it different ways. And I think... Like, spiritually. Spiritually important. Yes. Yeah, you, you could say that. Um, but, like, uh, I, I just got this this mix track. It's, like, a little DJ set. It has two little, like, uh, hey. turntables and stuff. And, like, I, I know nothing. I'm not super musically inclined i'm really into music i like a lot of different forms of music okay but i i mean i played keyboard for a while but i don't really know it (laughs) know the gist of it i don't know the science behind it but uh so yeah there's this mix track sitting in my house and it's just gathering dust and i asked everyone i was like whose mix track is this because you know you look online and they're anywhere from 70 to 300 bucks oh shit it's just like whose is this it's just sitting here no one's using it and they said Oh, that used to be the person that, uh, Sean was the person that lived in that house before I moved in. Okay. And it was his, and he got it for cheap, and he said he didn't want it anymore. So he just left it behind. So they're like, you can have it. And so no I've been shit. playing with it and, like, just making little, like, DJ mixes and having my own little, like, DJ party. Oh, room. dude, that's and so that's cool. And that's a really interesting form of expression that I really like. And I'll dance and I'll set it up, and it's So expression it's meaning, like, having your own outlet. Your own having outlet. Having your own outlet, Yeah. Um, but I've been wanting to draw, I've been wanting to paint, I've been wanting to write, and, like, uh, I'm trying to find the, the time <laughs> to do yeah, all true. that. And that's another All of those thing. are time commitments. Right. Well, not necessarily writing, dude. I, I'm a firm believer in writing. If you want to get something done, I, obviously every author has their own different way about going about it, uh, about writing, mm-hmm. their own writing style. Some like to cram it in two days. Some like to, I think it's better to just do it over time. Like, right. write, hey, I'm going to write 10 minutes every day. And mm-hmm. I, I started doing that recently, and one, it's thought-provoking. Two, gets your problems out. If like, yeah. you know, like, if you have nobody to like spill your problems to or anything, I think the I think it's better to kind of build rapport with another human being and kind of emotionalize with them and just spill your problems onto them, throw them on them. But also, there's something comforting in just typing, like just typing away your emotions, Definitely. your your problems, whatever it is, and you. It leads to some more introspective thoughts that lead to a solution. You're kind of, yeah, you're kind of like sort of having a dialogue with yourself when you're right. typing, I guess. Kind of putting your thoughts so you can 
view them visually, <laughs> I guess, in some form. And then when you read it, you may even think about it differently. I don't know. But uh, and then also another thing that you know, writing every day would be good is that it probably improves your writing skills. You know, it probably makes you more articulate. Absolutely. On paper or on you know computer or whatever your <laughs> platform is. Because uh, that's one thing I would really like to write, but then there is a part of me that's like, you're probably not the best writer. Because I don't know, English English and literature classes have never been my me neither me neither my strong subject. But uh, but I think I I could. The only way to get better is to just do it. So, yeah, true. You know, so doing it every day, no doubt, will improve. But just persistence with the yeah, you kind of just slowly. I feel like whenever you work on something like persistently too, it's like whenever you're not like it's almost like subconsciously you're getting better at it in the time you're not working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I bet through sleep, I bet through sleep, it like does something. I don't know. I, Maybe yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> like so out of ignorance. Right now. <laughs> For sure, but no, I, I feel you. Plus, I don't even know what I, how to, how the fuck I would fact check myself <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't even know what I type in. Does sleep make you improve skills done when awake? <laughs> What about this? This is a good oh, question a, for you. All right. Do you find it important to know yourself deeply? Um, yes. And what that means is very, very interesting. Know yourself. It's very weird because it seems like know thyself. This, the self always changes. Because um, when we think of yourself, you know, we're talking about personality facets, you know, traits, stuff like that. Right. And though a lot of them remain... Uh, I think all of these are fluctuating, no doubt, but some may only fluctuate a little bit, you know, because obviously there's traits you can identify, like, in yourself that have been pretty true from when you were a kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you were driven as a kid. Maybe I was a very curious kid, you know, stuff like that. Um, But it does seem there is such a shift. So I think uh, part of at least my, uh, my kind of path of knowing myself is understanding how that self changes and why it changes and what circumstances it changes. Because the personality is extremely, extremely malleable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I, I think in to answer your question before I get off, off the rails here, I think, yes, it is important to know thyself, but uh, it's hard to know exactly a self fully when that self is always changing. Uh, but... I think uh, very along with that, I think it's very important to be honest with yourself. I think honest, introspective thinking, mm-hmm. honest, objective, introspective thinking is absolutely essential right. for growth. Mm-hmm. For sure. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting question because, cause, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the idea that, that there's, there's not some sort of core... Uh, thing, and a lot of people may disagree with this, it's just my view, uh, not so, some sort of core thing that you are, you know what I'm saying? I just view you as a, a series of shifting processes. Some may stay similar okay. throughout your whole life even, you know, but I, I think it's, it's Good point, shifting. similar, similar, maybe not similar, necessarily not the different. exact same. I really like a quote, I, I don't know who said it, and it's probably been changed, people probably switch around all the time, but, you know, you can't ever step in on into a, the same river twice. Because one, it's not the same river. Meaning, because it's always flowing. So you, you know, you step in the river and then you take your foot out and you step in again. It's different water molecules touching your foot. It's a completely, oh, okay. it's a completely different river, but um, or at least that section of the river. I guess it's the same river conventionally speaking. But uh, and also, 
you're not the same man. So you can't step in the same... A man can't step in the same river twice because it's not the same river and it's not the same man because you're always changing. You know, from this moment to the very next moment, I am same but different than the last moment. And I think that... And I think that's true on every single level. <laughs> just every everything's changing. Everything. There's nothing that's just chilling, in my opinion. What about what about like an object? It's, it's changing. I mean, the molecules are obviously moving. Obviously, things are fluctuating. You know, even when you think about like things that are like frozen or whatever. Obviously, there's some sort of electron movement happening. There's some cycles going. You know, right. you know, even when you think about stuff like that, and also. There's a lot of stuff we don't understand on that kind of level, the quantum level. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there's shit always happening on the quantum level. Are they starting to believe that there's like they believe consciousness exists within all of matter? Um, when you say they, uh, depends who you ask. You know, scientists. I think the I was listening to a podcast with Russell Brand and somebody else the other day. And they, I know Russell argue. Brand thinks that. He definitely <laughs> that. Absolutely. I know Russell Brand thinks that. And it, it's also weird how you define consciousness also. Consciousness is a weird thing. A lot of people, a lot of religions, a lot of groups have way different definitions of what consciousness is. Uh-huh. And I think that's something uh, I bet they're all wrong to some extent. I bet everybody's probably. everybody's probably. a little wrong. Probably a little bit Some wrong. are probably closer to the truth and than others, but and then there and there's there is scientific theories that kind of state uh, what that is. They kind of equate uh, information to consciousness. Information theory. There's a there's an acronym that stands for. I can't remember what it is and what the exact acronym is and what it stands for exactly. But it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> but you remember there's an acronym. But I remember there's one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's the information theory, and it kind of has a similar idea that like. Consciousness is just information. You said the simulation theory? Uh, information theory. In- information theory. S- integral information theory or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, and it, it kind of equated consciousness with information or data, however you want to take that, and that everything is just data at the base level. Um, so if, I think if that what you're talking about as far as, like, all ones and zeros, <laughs> right? Kind of, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting you say that, like, everything is consciousness, Obviously, there's a lot of me- views in metaphysics where they would say that uh, if you've heard of like the different densities, like third density experience, fourth density I experience, haven't. stuff like that, uh, and that's kind of the idea. And like densities is a concept. Uh, I don't know when it originated. Probably sometime in the probably not mid. Probably maybe mid though. Maybe later 1900s, I guess. But it kind of took off. Does it derive from the different dimensions by chance? Uh, a lot of people relate them to it, but they are different because dimensions are spatial. Okay. So you know, obviously, first dimension, you know, point. Second dimension, you know, line, and then the third dimension, you get depth, depth or whatever. And then uh, at least our understanding now is the fourth dimension is time. And then, depending on which what... Which they believe can be overcome with love. Who's, as far as who's, inter, who's we, or Interstellar. They. Interstellar, that's... Oh, that's <laughs> Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, Interstellar has, has a very... Uh, has a very... Interstellar, I think, would be a movie you could argue that has a kind of a an idea that everything's consciousness in a way. It kind of pulls from... Uh, uh, Upanishadic ideas, which is I like love Hindu, that because they they threw Hindu their ideas. subjective theoretical thinking onto like 
space and time and all of it. Yeah, all and science. how it all, and like, oh, the people that are actually communicating with us is ourselves, and everything's one, and everything's the same. I gotta watch that movie again. Everything is mind, everything is consciousness. My roommate just watched that, <laughs> uh, like, like a few nights ago, and he was saying how good it was again, but I, I, I've seen it once, mm-hmm. and I, luckily, I was fortunate enough to have a buddy who was there, sitting there, and he would pause it, he would explain it to me, mm-hmm. because there were times, dude, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Right, right. I was so confused. Have you seen uh, 2001, uh, Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey? No, I haven't. Uh, okay, well, it's a slow one, so if you want to watch it, you better strap in and have some have some. Well, that's fine. things to make it more interesting. pretty long. Interstellar is, is long, but it's very visually... Action-packed. Wow, an action-packed. Uh, the movie I'm speaking of is, is older. Uh, okay. In fact, you should fact check and see what year it is. Just type in 2001 Space Odyssey. Well, if I just type in... Uh, Space Odyssey, you should find it, honestly. Space. Space Odyssey, and then just see what year it was. Probably, you know, 70s or, or so, right? Oh, so it's, right. so it's supposed 68. to be... 68. Oh, 68. wow. Oh, I thought you were saying 2001 referring to the time that the movie was released. No, it's called 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is like the, this is them kind of imagining what it'd be like in the future. <laughs> Yeah, I, the I irony guess. is that we've we've landed on the moon. We landed on the moon in the sixties. Movies that do that, movie. they're like have a title, and we're like, we're already past the time. We don't have any of that, <laughs> you know. But but yeah, this is interesting how disappointing. Movie. How disappointing for them. Uh, the, the director of this film probably killed himself, man. <laughs> Kubrick, uh, you know, he did uh, he did The Shining. You familiar with Kubrick, The Shining? Okay. No, no, I'm not. You don't know The Shining either? I've heard of Maybe heard of it. Uh, uh, that's funny that I'm telling you to watch movies, because usually wait, wait, I'm the one that needs to watch movies. What's the name of The Shining? Or, I mean, what's the... the Shining. The... <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> the Shining, that's... Yeah. No joke, dude. This is, so Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson's in it. He what? plays this crazy dude who's just insane. No shit, I was going to it's watch It's a thriller. It's a psychological thriller. It's really good. You should watch it. It's creepy, too. Psychological horror. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Thriller, psychological horror. You should definitely watch it. But That's funny. I was I, I was researching. I, I just picked an actor the other day, and I chose Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And this movie popped up as one of his, one of his most famous movies, so I was going to watch it the other night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, anyway, back to Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey... In my opinion, it has a lot of similar themes that Interstellar had. Like when I saw Interstellar, I was like, "This is like a." It's not, but like it's it's kind of like a newer kind of idea of the ideas thrown around Space Odyssey, and uh, but yeah, it's a long one. It's you know it's 1968, so it'll be slow. Right. A lot of the scenes is just like cameras not moving much. Well, if it's so worth my around, time, then it's totally worth your time. I but can like, be pretty patient. Maybe you could paint and have a friend talk, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do something while you're watching it. I don't know, but it's pretty good, and it gets you thinking, and it has similar ideas to uh, camera might be dying. Uh oh. Do you have a plug-in that you can Ooh, charge it while it's oh no, it's, no, it's like a portable battery unfortunately oh no <laughs> yeah it is what it is did it, it give it yeah it's cool did it well, just turn off right now so what it'll do now is we'll just be in like an audio format actually if you want you want to take a oh, selfie real quick no. actually we'll, we'll do it after we'll <laughs> do it take after. a selfie why yeah cause it, then so like instead of like putting um instead of the video we'll just use the selfie oh of just a picture of us yeah right yeah. on right on yeah yeah we can we can do that for cool sure. um but yeah, watch those two movies. I don't even remember what we were talking about initially. We went way off the roof. I, 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 
This is how I've been living my life lately, and I feel like you kind of can relate to this. I feel like you definitely can relate to this because you have this inner calm, this mental peace that you bring with you everywhere you go. It's it's within your presence, though. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a, it's a vibe kind of thing. And lately, I've made a point not to judge anything, and I've noticed a lot more inner peace within myself. That's because whenever you're good. not judging the world, you're, the exterior world around you, you're placing your projections on it. Exactly. You don't interpret the world that way. That's very good. That's that's wonderful. I mean, you really paint what the world is to you, and uh, if you cast no judge, and that's again easier said than done. Going back to that, but like if you were to do it perfectly, it would just seem like a series of interesting sensations and colors and thought forms that arise it would seem like this whole abstract you know symphonic light show that's just awesome honestly uh when you have no judgment on anything everything almost has this like formless nature i mean obviously you can pick out form but you don't cast your own form onto it that makes it either bad or good you place your own duality on things and say like well this is good this is bad i want things this way i don't want things that way you know what i'm saying so you get into this game of highs and lows when you could just of just completely subjective open up. opinions mm-hmm. yeah that you're right they they not not having those or placing those projections on the exterior the external world like yeah just it puts you more at peace absolutely for sure cuz i mean i don't really know how else to describe it but that i i think uh Again, that, that that would be some of the higher states of meditation. What that kind of takes you through is you you stop identifying things, you stop placing things in categories, compartmentalizing things, mentalizing things. Uh-huh. You know, you stop doing all that, and then uh, and then you just see everything for what it is, not for what you want to think it is. Because thoughts thoughts are just thoughts, you know. Which that clarity derives from seeing it more honestly more of the truth you're closer to the truth more of the truth not to say that thoughts aren't true but like obviously they it, it puts like a film over whatever you cast that thought onto you know what i'm saying and it'll, it'll paint yeah. something in a different light you know you, whether you think that tree is ugly up. or beautiful or you just think no it just it just is it, it just is it is what it is it yeah. is what it is it's not bad it's not good it just is and just let it be just and, don't. you know yeah. if, if you can flow with that then you have peace if you resist against that then you don't <laughs> that's the basis of it so would you take that same mentality on judging things that people throw the idea that it's bad so like like maybe like a horrific event like like Pearl Harbor for example right if you're looking at that from an American standpoint that might get you pretty angry at the Japanese for sure it, and it's it's hard because there's so many different levels you can you can view this on because on the on the human humanitarian you know psychological level of I'm a human this is my country you know this is these are people you know I don't want people to experience pain because it's unpleasant. Uh-huh. You know, there's there's all that side of it, and then you know, and then there's the higher mind side of it of just like, it's just animals being animals. You know, it's just the planet being a planet. It's just the universe being the universe. They're acting out of their nature. They're right? just doing what they're doing. It's just the atoms are moving how they are, and the molecules are moving how they do, and energy's fluctuating how it does, and that's what it looks like. You know, you can take it or leave it. 
And again, that sounds depressing from the standpoint of someone who is not okay with that. And that's the hardest part is acceptance and, you know, being okay with that present moment. It but, is hard to accept and it's, things. And yeah. it's hard when you talk about sensitive topics like that, like Pearl Harbor, things like death, things like murder, things like rape. Because you have on, your, your subjective opinion about that. Because you, you are a human. You it's know, ingrained in you. The minds are born of, the, or the thoughts are born of the human mind. And, uh, and it's hard to see it from any other way that this is shit and this is awful and we need to get rid of it. And on a societal level... Yes, we should try to minimize some of the things like murder and stuff like that, you know, because we want it easier. We want to we want to make it as ple- we want to make this reality as pleasant as we can. Right. You know, but um, you have to understand that those efforts will always fail, you know, because everything that's born will die. You know, even if you don't get murdered or raped in your whole life, so there will always be problems. There will always be problems. We're not going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. We're not going to fix everything. And and it's weird because... It'd be insanity to believe that we would. Right. And and again, the sensitive topics are hard to talk to a lot of people about those things because a lot of people will ask me how I feel about... uh, Like, for instance, there was a perfect example. Uh, And I'm trying to think of what he texted me about. Can I look through it real quick? Yeah, absolutely, uh, man. My friend Brandon texted me about a, a tragedy that happened. It was a while ago. I can't remember which one it has. Was it like swept under the rug, not really heard about it too much? No, I think I think it was popular. The only reason I can't remember what it was because this tragedy is always happening. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but let me see. It, it wasn't too long ago. Lose uh, sight of how many there really are. Yeah, and we had quite a few long texts text back to each other, so Since I should be then. able to find it pretty easy. Um, but... Yeah, it was about something. You probably have heard about it. Yeah, here it is. Um, it says, you popped into my mind. Uh, what's going through your mind with everything that went down in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas shootings? Okay, you know okay. what I'm talking about? Absolutely. So the shootings in Las Vegas. And uh, and I had no single response for him because I had to give him what I think about it on all of my different levels. And so I, what do you think about it? All, well, I, I said to him then, I was just like, I mean, obviously the on the human level of me I'm just like yeah that sucks I feel for the families I'm empathetic towards the victims you know it also um, there's also a slight part of me that's empathetic towards the shooter obviously he's disturbed you still feel compassion for him I I mean I try Uh, and then so all those things stir me up and then uh, and then I gave him an honest answer and then I said on another level on the selfish level I don't it doesn't bother me I don't really think about it it didn't happen to anybody I know and it sounds shitty, but that's how the mind works. I mean, when it doesn't affect tragedy, you personally. Personally, it's, it's hard to be that upset about it. Absolutely. You know, because obviously there's shit happening everywhere in the world. And it's hard to be upset by every little thing that happens unless I see it firsthand. I experience the pain and the suffering firsthand. And then on another level, I said, uh, I'm totally fine with it. And this is the less human not to say less that's bad, but less human side of me in that that I know that it's just the universe being the universe. It's just, it's the same thing as a lion taking down a gazelle. It's just animals acting like animals. I mean, obviously not the same. Like, obviously he wasn't hunting for food. But I just mean that, like, you know, these beings that arise in reality are going to torture each other. Right. For sure. That's just the way it is. That's how they react. That's how energy flows. That's how atoms move. That's how molecules move. You know, and you can look at there's just so many damn levels to this whole thing and you can look at all the lower things and just be like it's exactly how it's supposed to be it's just the laws of physics playing out 
into this drama. They're acting out of nature. They're acting out of nature. And then when you think about it on the psychological human level, it's like, well, yeah, totally. And it's, it sucks. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm attached to being human. I'm attached to the good sensations. And I, I don't want any of that stuff to go down. And it makes me sad, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's so many different levels to think about all that. And I think I do think the highest the highest mind would be to see it all as just it's just it's just is just what it is uh-huh. and again just full acceptance full acceptance and again it's hard to talk about those sensitive things especially it's hard to bring that idea to the table if I were to talk to like the victims' families you know what I'm sure. saying oh. it would be impossible oh. I couldn't do it I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Their frame of reference is just so distorted. They'd be like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck your ideas. This fucking sucks. My, you know, my son or whatever died in cold blood, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. And I wouldn't have anything to say to that, you know. And it, but again, I know that. But you'd be empathetic I, of them. I would totally be empathetic. So you, you just wouldn't, it wouldn't even be said. I wouldn't say it. No, right, yeah, yeah. It. I wouldn't say it unless they gave me, if they were to say to me like, all right. Man to man, full spiritual advice. <laughs> what do you think is up with this? And then I'll tell them. I'll tell them what I think. I'll tell them what I think. But <laughs> but I I can't do that during a grieving process. Yeah, you know? true. So and everybody grieves differently too. For sure. Yeah. So with sensitive events and information like this, it's hard to bring. You know, these kinds of uh, ideas. Well, that's well said. That's well said. Yeah. You know? And I guess you just have to be aware who you're talking to, and you have to be aware what they're going through and uh should only <laughs> i mean in those circumstances you should only give them information that you think might help them regardless you know but they might change on a case-to-case basis but sometimes people that just don't want to be helped mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of people will resist and some people you know shouldn't be helped by those ideas in that moment you know they need to grieve they need right. to be sad they need to be with their family they need to Think about that and cry about it and, and suffer through that. You know, it's how oh, you release. You know, man. you got to cry. I mean, that's why you cry. And you got to release. You got to take it easy. <laughs> ah, it'd be difficult. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of conspiracies about that. Like conspiracies about oh of the shooting. Yeah, I, I didn't really read too shooters. much into it. I just know that it happened. Same, same. That's but, why I kind of wasn't. I just had a buddy kind of inform me that it was. Uh, that I watched an interview from a girl who was there during the shooting who ended up living, fortunately, and she was like, no, I'm 100%. She was speaking with full conviction. Mm-hmm. There were two shooters. There were more than Interesting. one shooter. Yeah. She's like, there was no way there was just one shooter. Totally could have been. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, crazy. It's funny. I haven't, uh, I admit, I haven't been keeping up, really, with a lot of stuff that's happening globally like those kinds of events. It's hard to encounter. Because I just, I just know that they're always happening and that they're always going to. So yep. it's like, I don't think about them any differently. My opinion hasn't changed of something that has happened. They're like, so what do you think about this, man? It really sucks. I still view reality the same way. So I, I don't know why I need to be aware of all those things because I'm already aware of all those things. I mean, it it kind of clutters specifics. your mind if you, just not the if you focus on it too much. Right. You know? Yeah, so I, I don't... There's always going to be murder. There's always going to be rape. There's always I don't like shootings. hearing about that stuff and... Because I don't like living in in fear. I like living audaciously. I like living mm-hmm. with uh you know just, just going and doing whatever I want to feel like doing. And I don't like being 
granted, I mean, if there's a war going on, I don't want to, like, travel to a country, but, like, there are always going to be problems in the world. There's always going to be chaos, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. that's just the risk you got to run if you want to be adventurous. Right, right. And I think, I think yeah. being adventurous is got to be taken on without fear. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what would you say the... How would you? How do you personally find a balance between being selfish and unselfish? Because obviously there needs to be some kind of equilibrium between the two, whether it's a 60-40 or whatever, whatever you tend to prefer. I personally tend to stray a little bit more to the selfless side. Selfless side? Yeah, but I also... Uh, do you mean like uh, how the mind works in general, or do you mean... Uh, how do you personally like to deal with that situation? Which situation? Like, like, just, just a philosophy on life, like an outlook. Like, how, well, how selfish do you? Think? I, idealistically speaking, I would like to be full selfless, right? But I fall way short. I think I'm majorly selfish, and uh, I guess my opinion is, is most people probably are. I think that's the way uh, these organisms thrive in the first place. I think it's hardwired into our programming. Um, in order to propagate species, um, and I think a lot, a lot of, uh, and I really like, cause there, it's cool when, uh, I feel like sometimes I'll get into a state of mind where I feel completely, genuinely compassionate and selfless. And whenever I get there, it's awesome. It's so cool. Cause it's just like, oh, I really, in this moment, I really don't care about myself. I just want... I, I want I want these people to be raised up. I want less suffering. Right. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think for the for the most part, I think definitely I operate on a more selfish basis. And again, that's just me trying to be honest. I try not to. I think I think, but I think everything I do lives. is because I want to do it. <laughs> you know, for myself. Okay. Okay. But so at that point, it just depends on if you on your intentions. If right. If you have positive intentions, then I really don't see a problem with that. <clears throat> And at this point in our life, I think it's healthy to be pretty selfish at times. Mm, but it, it's a that's a weird not as much as most topic. people. It's a weird topic. The common man, I would I typically would personify as very selfish. Yes, yeah, and for sure. it's just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like we we're saying, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe I'm I'm thinking too too subtle, you know, when I say that I'm like very selfish or whatever. Right, right. Um, because maybe in, like, a broader idea. Because I, I know you. Right. And maybe you're, you're a pretty selfless guy. Okay, okay. So, like, maybe in, like, the broader understanding of, of like, selfless. Yeah, you can definitely pick up people that are like, that guy's kind of kind of a dick and he's pretty selfish. And that guy's, that guy's you know, he's pretty cool. He definitely is more considerate and whatnot. But, again, that's placing judgment on everything. Again, yeah, for sure. sure. sure for yeah. sure. And it's hard not, not to, you know, when having these stimulating conversations have... All sorts of in, in society, you gotta have judgments <laughs> too. It's it's weird. Everything just. I just think there needs to be a very fine line drawn mm-hmm. on, particularly like, clothing. Clothing. Like clothing. Like I don't think there needs to be any judgment on what anybody else wears. Oh. <laughs> like if I find myself judging, like like I see another person and they're wearing whatever's out of style. Like like for example, I know cargo pants are very yeah. Like like in that sense, I think. Okay. Well. I have an extremely radical view. Okay. 
I'm down for everyone walking around naked. <laughs> I'd be down with it. Besides but the warmth aspect. The what? The warmth aspect. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, if it's cold outside, definitely. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, outlaw clothes. I'm just saying I think you should be allowed to. I think you should be allowed to. We're animals. <laughs> I respect. And I, respect. I, I think that a lot of our, our shame comes from some of those weird views we have on society of, like, Oh, I gotta hide this. Like, oh, don't let anybody see that. And I was like, but we all have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, we and most animals. <laughs> okay, most meaning I guess most mammals have all the same shit we do in different ways or whatnot. And so, like, I think a lot of the uh, maybe like self-loathing and and shyness and like afraid to express yourself comes from a lot of these things that are just like. You gotta wear clothes. You gotta look look nice here, and be like, "Well, why does that look nice?" Because we've been told, we've been programmed. Yeah, that's what looks. That's nice. what you, you, you know gotta what start saying? questioning. You gotta question mm-hmm. your beliefs. Question what you like, your interests, your desires. For question sure. all of it. But yeah, on the basis of fashion, yeah, I don't think you you definitely shouldn't judge anybody for what they decide to wear. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, they wear whatever they want to wear. <laughs> My my parents hate the clothes that I wear. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're they're super not about it. I'm just like, but it's more comfortable, and I like I like the patterns. It's and really like, whatever you value. Look like an know? old man or a homeless man. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm okay with that as long as I'm comfy and I like how the clothes look. Respect. respect. <laughs> you know, I like looking at certain art. I like having certain art in my house, so I don't see why I shouldn't like having a certain type of art on me. Well, that's where the serenity know? lies as well, mm-hmm. is not caring what other people think. Right, right. And obviously, you know, how you want to take that on the level of you shouldn't be afraid of how people think of you, but on, on another level, like, you should be considerate of others. Um, but, yeah, like, if you're not, if it's not affecting other people, a certain behavior is not affecting other people at all, yeah, you definitely shouldn't be afraid of what other people think of that behavior. Absolutely. Like, like you know for saying? example, breaking a norm. Breaking a Just norm. Just breaking a norm out in public. Like, that is that is something I think has added a huge part of my personality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of growth has come out of this. But I've always been, I don't know, like, I'll just do anything in public, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I just I just don't really care. That's I don't know. Good. That's good. I'll talk to, like, strangers all the time, like... You should. You I don't should. know, and it, I, that's definitely come even more because I I've made pretty good friends with my friend from Australia when he was here, and he was very much like that. Mm-hmm. He was he would talk to anybody anytime. He would just sit down with random strangers and like eat dinner or eat lunch with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just a very outgoing presence. Right. And, yeah, it's very good. It's very good, but yeah, definitely being. And doing those kinds of things definitely makes you comfortable more with yourself, and I think it strengthens that comfort level. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. Um, and yeah, again, back to like, I'm um, just like everybody can walk around naked or whatever. Like, at this point right now, I wouldn't really feel comfortable just like taking my clothes off right now. Right. I'd, I'd feel shy. I'd be I'd be covering up, and I'd be like, and I would honestly blame the the circumstance of my arising my my form I took, my birth, okay. you know, in the society and what I was taught and stuff like that. If I was born in a forest raised by jungle people, I wouldn't give a shit about <laughs> true, any of true. that stuff. Absolutely. It's how you're conditioned. And so, like... Well, yeah, also, it's, granted, it's like, weird you, if you were, like, walking around naked, like, outside, like, you, you're fucked. Like, like lawfully, you're... Oh, yeah, law, law. lawfully, I'd be fucked. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. But, but I know what you mean. Like, like, like for example, if... 
I don't know, just like walking. Even it's like when I'm here alone, like I don't like walking around naked. Well, partially because some, anybody can walk in at any moment, mm-hmm. but like. Uh, yeah, actually, that's probably the main reason. Because, like, back home, if I know nobody's going to be home, like, I'll just walk around my house naked sometimes, you know? Right, yeah. But even then, it's a little uncomfortable. And why should it be? I'm, because we've learned, like, we, pretty much 90% of our lives are spent with clothes on. Probably, exactly. probably a lot more than that, actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably a lot, like lot 99%. More. <laughs> yeah, a lot. I mean, showers are the only time. I can't think of any time. Showers, I don't, sex, like, I don't sleep. sleep naked. Yeah. I mean... Um, I, feel, I feel pretty pretty comfortable being naked, like in my in my room, even when people are home. I've gotten there for sure. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, if I'm in my room and I'm just doing my own thing, I might be naked. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and I started that probably like, I don't know, probably like two years ago or whatever. A lot of times I'll sleep naked. Sometimes I don't. Depends if I want to be cold or how I want to feel. Well, that, just like you said earlier about being kind of just out there in public or talking to whoever or being extroverted in public mm-hmm. uh, kind of having a fucking mentality not taking yourself too seriously it has the same benefits mm-hmm. wait what were, you, what were you just saying a second ago my bad <laughs> I can't remember uh, was, uh, did I end my sentence I might have nudity being being naked like you're more comfortable oh. <laughs> like sitting I, I bet that would make you more comfortable with yourself yeah it totally does just, just sitting naked it's just like I mean I don't see why I need to have clothes like exposed I'm just an animal and I'm I'm comfortable. I have blankets. I'm not cold. I'm not hot. I mean, I don't know why this should be an issue. And I can, fe- I can feel more things. So, like, why wouldn't I want to be this all the time? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> and it makes me think about myself differently. Like, when I'm just, like, looking at myself, I feel less human, more animal. But still have the higher mind of, of, of human, you know? Right. But, like, I just feel more uh, more rooted and based i guess and more was, rooted in nature yeah, yeah okay so I, I feel like i'm more a part of nature and obviously my view of nature is radical i think that buildings are nature but you know it's just painted in a different yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just weird nature is what it is you know we're animals we're just weird animals we're just very different from we're just taken from the earth and created buildings i know yeah i mean it's all nature there's nothing that's not nature i mean what when you when you Obviously, if you looked up the exact definition of nature, the dictionary may disagree. Right. It may be like, man, nothing, uh, whatever is not man-made is nature or whatever. But so I guess I have a different view. So I guess that wouldn't be accurate to say everything's nature. Well, but here's how I think about nature. <laughs> I think everything's nature. I think, you know, if something, I think everything's natural. There's nothing that can't be natural if something is unnatural then it, it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen in the universe if it wasn't natural you know right clothes is natural because Murder's it happens natural. murder is natural rape is natural you know it's weird to clothes think about. is completely natural or else it wouldn't happen it you know which is why i don't believe in the supernatural which doesn't mean i'm not like as spiritual is a loaded term which That's doesn't funny mean you I'm said not, that. i was about to ask if you believe in the supernatural i mean I'm not saying there's not subtle energies and things that we can't explain, but it, they're all natural occurrences because they happen. You know what I'm saying? If, if something oh, okay. happens in the universe, if something happens in reality, to me, it's natural. Nothing can ever happen that is unnatural because if it were, because it, it just, it just can't. Nature can't do it. The universe can't do it. 
It can only do stuff that it can do. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. Yeah, there's serenity in that thought, man. There's a huge amount of serenity in that thought, and that would be there's liberation. I, I left as well. it out, but when you ask me how, how do I find serenity in stressful situations, that would be another. All of these thoughts that I've been talking about are things that I that'll come up when I'm trying to find serenity. Okay. Or no thoughts if I'm trying to just meditate. <laughs> you know, so I can go either way. But yeah, to me, everything is nature. Everything. There is nothing that is not nature because that doesn't even make sense to me. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, obviously, on it on a specific, real Webster's di- dictionary level, yeah, everything might not be nature because the definition of nature might be like not man. Like, yeah, look up the definition. I want to ponder the definition of Absolutely. what society says the definition of nature is for a second. So, like, nature definition. How Let's is, just see what Google how says. How is Mr. Webster defined nature? Type in a definition, and it should come up right, right there. Clutch. Yeah. So, the phenomena of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth as opposed to humans or human creations. So, this, dic- this definition of nature does not agree with my definition of nature. So, Well, I would agree with yours more. Why does, why it, why does because it have here, to have a it, human creation? Right, because... I mean, science agrees that humans an animal, right? Uh huh. So why would anything that you know, if you see monkeys walking around picking up, you know, we'll observe monkeys, you know, digging for food or whatever with sticks or whatever, and they're using uh-huh. tools. Why is there a line drawn when we figure out how to build tools in a different manner? You know, why is there yeah. a line drawn and we say that's unnatural? We've just been able to manipulate nature in different little, ways, a little different bit ways. more effectively than, or a lot more, effectively. a lot more effectively. <laughs> yeah, but it's still nature happening. It's still nature doing it. Absolutely. And here, even it says the phenomena of the physical world. You know, when you think of the psychological realm. I've, in the mental realm, when you think of things that, you know, ideas that aren't physical, I think those are natural too. Those I mean, electrical impulses. Right. I, I find a lot of definitions that I, and it, it's, it's from an academia standpoint, it's sacrilegious to say that I disagree with the definition of something because it's the definition of something. I should just create my own damn definition. I'm really <laughs> right. so stubborn about it. But. Like yeah, so it's weird when you well, say you're like questioning it. I'm questioning it. It's weird when you say like, well, I agree with it, with your definition of nature. Yeah, but maybe I shouldn't call it nature then. Maybe, maybe there needs to be another word to talk about what I'm talking about because if right. this this is the word. Because if, if I just disagree with half the definitions that are thrown around, then language just like language just like fails. The reason language works in the first place is because it's a collective agreement of this means that and this means that. Right. So right. yeah, I guess it makes sense. Maybe my view. So my view of nature is wrong, I'd say. Is wrong compared to the collective definition of nature. I'd say it's a wrong view. But that's how I think about nature. And if if it needs another word tacked onto it, maybe I'll create one. Someday. Sounds more logical. It, sounds more it logical. does sound more logical though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um more closer to the truth. Closer to the truth, but yeah, I mean, I mean society definitely separates humans and animals even though they're, they're the same thing. No doubt. I try to uh, remind myself of that frequently, how we are just fucking animals. Mm-hmm. But we're yeah. spiritual beings with usual human experiences. <laughs> yeah, there's some quote that's, that's like... Yeah, I was trying to quote oh, it. The, the, quote, the quote or something, it's just like, you're not a human having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual is. being have a, having a human experience. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends what you mean by that. It depends what... 
uh, what view of reality you have. I guess that it means what you mean by spiritual being, you know? If you believe in like a soul or whatever, that you have a body, then yeah, that would hold true. For me, it's more true in the sense that nature is having a human experience, I'd say. Okay. You know, my definition of nature, you know, obviously they wouldn't, they wouldn't agree. They'd be like, but nature's not human. Humans aren't nature, though. <laughs> Buildings aren't nature. Yeah, we're all just stardust, right? We're all just stardust. <laughs> but, yeah, funny ideas. But I find so many, I wanted you to look that up because I find so many definitions that I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. This is how I want to see it. Yeah, and, and, and that's interesting to me because that's where the line is drawn. Is humans? For sure. Human is but I, nature. but I accept for the viewers. Yes, I accept that my my view is wrong of the collective agreement that we have hey, all you're agreed. Some hate on you, too. I know. Hey, as fuck a, this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. He doesn't know what. <laughs> I understand. I I fully acknowledge full well that with the collective agreement of the definition of nature, I am wrong. But. That's how I think about it anyway. <laughs> I'm a stubborn one. Noble, noble, noble. <laughs> I'm a stubborn one. But So, what are your thoughts on free will? I do not believe in free will. I don't know if I believe in free will I either, believe in man. the illusion of free will. And he, okay, so here's... But the illusion of free will is it's self, in itself, an illusion. I can't elaborate I mean, on that anymore, but I, that, <laughs> no, I, I read like, that. To me, that just seems like the... The, the sentence that it said. The illusion free will. That's a quote. But that illusion is an illusion. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, here's how I see it. I don't think thoughts are magic. I don't think, I don't, like I said, I don't believe in the supernatural. I don't believe in the magic. Um, I think that, uh, like, if we knew all of the equations that go into every facet of life, um, if we have a ball... You know, we know its weight. We know its mass. We know the wind conditions. Uh huh. And you're gonna throw it. We know exactly if we knew if we could all just pin it down exactly. Take that exactly word for what it's worth. But if we knew everything, <laughs> and we know how much force I'm going to put on the ball, we know exactly the arc. We know exactly the direction. The, all of the environmental conditions. Uh huh. We know exactly where it'll land. You know. Because the physical laws, they don't, they don't seem to change. They just, they just, reality behaves how it behaves. They're laws for a reason. They govern life on earth. They're laws how, for a reason. Yeah, they govern life on earth. And whether you want to call them laws or behaviors, is is. I prefer day. laws because it's, it's I, very I like, structured. I like laws, but it almost sounds like there's like a dominion, like a lawmaker. Okay. Um, and I view it more as just like this is how nature behaves. It's it behaves consistently. Behaves consistently. Well worded. But well it's worded. behavior. Um, so if we knew all that, we know exactly where the balls land. We uh -huh. know exactly how it'll bounce. We know exactly how far it'll roll. So if all that holds true, and you don't believe in the supernatural, and you don't believe in magic, and you don't believe that some things can just like be outside of the laws, and sure, like I said, there's other s subtle levels to reality. You know, you know what? If, you know if there's different densities, different dimensions. Regardless, you know, other laws might govern those differently. Right. They're all connected, obviously. Uh, but so I don't see how thoughts and actions can take any sort of different occurrence. The reason that ball moves the way it does is because of a cause. It's an effect that happened because of a certain cause. If the if the exact same conditions were to be recreated in some sort of like different parallel universe or whatever. Uh huh. Um, the exact same conditions were created. 
the ball would land in the exact same place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So why same do we laws, th- yeah. why do we think that there's some sort of free will, like we get to choose things, when it seems like the brain works how the brain works? I'm talking to you about all this stuff because of a set of previous conditions, previous causes. Yes. It's yes. a cause and con- cause and effect condition, and you know, conditions. Kind of all life is, if you think about it. It's exactly. Just cause and effect. Cause so and effect. I think there is no room for free will, and that may sound depressing. But again, in my opinion, it's kind of liberating. It's sort of like, oh, cool, you can't really, uh, I mean, sure, you can fuck up from a human society standpoint or whatever, but you can't, uh-huh. can't fuck up universally because it's just nature doing its thing. And so all these thoughts that I'm talking about here. Because you, you can never fuck up universally. Exactly. All these thoughts that I'm having here, all these words that you're hearing here, they're all just from they're all just the fruit of seeds that were planted you know they're all just effects of previous causes and it works on a very specific law to law basis you know i raise my i raise my hand because i raise my hand because there was all all of reality that happened before this led up to the effect of raising that hand and the thought impulse that happened and all of that you know i think we still have the illusion of free will. I still feel like I'm doing things. Uh-huh. Totally. I still feel like there's voluntary actions and involuntary actions. And that you can and consciously choose. Consciously and- choose things. But I think all those decisions are completely based on previous conditions. And in reality, there is no real control ever. So how do you explain desires? Do you think our, our desires are the same predetermined? Way. Subconsciously predetermined? Sure. I mean, they'll, they're, they'll form just due to... a. a ridiculous amount of factors um factors of the past factors of the, factors of the past you know uh but totally I, I i don't think that thoughts are some weird thing that's outside of the laws of nature that are just like yeah but you can shape them how you want and like well it, no i don't accept that i i think it's a very systematic unfolding of reality well, as far as desires go you're gonna desire what you've been exposed to whatever you see as a real potential possibility so people for example are being exposed to frequently like like celebrities like acting mm-hmm. uh, what I, like like a sports athlete mm-hmm. or whatever maybe they see their parents being a real estate agent or whatever it is so that exposure to those things can create a desire mm-hmm. so it's really comforting to think that the internet exists because that that reach of exposure mm-hmm. that an individual can now take and possibly have a, a desire for, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's going to create a more optimal society because people are going to be doing more what they really want to do. So in return, people are going to be more just happy, more content with life. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I agree. And and it's such a weird way to think. Like free will is such an interesting topic to me because, like, I'll talk to people and we'll be like, "That doesn't make any sense to me, Alex." And then, but like, like when I think about it, it's just like, why are thoughts outside the realm of physics? Are aren't isn't the brain just a series of you know circuits? Isn't the brain just a you know electron firing, so. uh, uh, electrical firings, neuron firings, and stuff? Aren't those where thoughts come from? All of those follow the same physical laws that everything else does because it's a physical system. Um, so I don't see why it would ever... I, I don't see how there would be any free will now. But, I mean, 
obviously a lot of people would disagree with me on that. And I'm sure a huge percentage of the viewers listening today will probably disagree with that. Because free will just seems so such a thing. And even even in scientific understanding, they'll even say like, here is a here's the voluntary actions of the body and here are the involuntary actions of the body. You know what I'm saying? Right. Moving like this are voluntary, but obviously metabolism and stuff, it seems to do it automatically. I'd say that even the voluntary actions, I think they just seem voluntary. I think they totally just seem I, I agree. I think that's all an illusion itself. I think it's an illusion. Completely. And oh. and it's super weird to, to like. Which is weird because sometimes I feel like I'm a slave to my desires because I get a, I have a very obsessive personality. Mm-hmm. So I will just become. Maybe a slave isn't a good way to say because there's a lot of pleasure that derives from it that I get to gain from it. But on top of it, I, I don't know. It's just like, do I really have a choice right now? Like, this is what I want to do so badly. Mm-hmm. How much of a choice do I really have? Right, right. And I'm not, I'm not saying. I believe one or one thing or the other. I don't know. I but I'm very very open to the idea that free will is just an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read I read a book on it. Actually, if you want to borrow it, it's uh, Free Will by Sam Harris. Oh, Sam Harris wrote that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really short read. It's like a seventy page book. Cool, or something like cool. That. Yeah. What does he think? I read it in like what two he days. Think? He thinks it's complete bullshit. He thinks it's an illusion and too. What he what he argues is why I had to pull this up because I didn't want to butcher it. I'm pretty sure this is the the scan that he's referring to, but so it's an EEG EEG scan. Okay. So how would you say that? Electroencephalogram, encephalogram, or encephalogram? Probably one of those. Is a test that detects electrical activity in your brain using small flat metal discs attached to your scalp. Your brain cells communicate via electrical impulses and are active at. All the time, even mm-hmm. when you're asleep. For sure. So what he uses as evidence against this to for the rebuttal against free will, for his argument against free will, is that these EEG, EEG scanners mm-hmm. can pick up your thoughts before you consciously say them. You know, I've heard something Some, like the even move- as long as ten seconds before. Interesting. Yeah. See, I've I've it, it was some light layman reading but like i i feel like i've heard that something like they they found that like uh when you when you have a voluntary action or whatever uh-huh. voluntary action almost happens before the thought yes or whatever even if it's like voluntary so it's sort of just like okay well then why did you do it if you didn't think to do it you know what i'm saying so it's almost like things are just happening and then thoughts are happening uh simultaneously and give us this kind of like illusion that we're choosing things absolutely but, but again to, to all the viewers I, I i can't give you literally any specifics on what i'm talking about of when i talked about that study or whatever they were well, doing we, or yeah, whether it was in legitimate you know maybe it was some some phony article and not a good scientific study at all you right, know? I don't know. right i'd have to look at it again but it doesn't change my view. Well, I, I like it because it, it sounds extremely counterintuitive, and it's hard for people to accept that the possibility. So we're, what we're doing is we're trying to look at it as objectively as we can with an open mind mm-hmm. that the the possibility of free will being an illusion might actually exist. That might be real. That might be reality. Sure. sure. Yeah. And people aren't willing to accept that. And I hate when people get closed off to ideas like that mm-hmm. because it doesn't mean you shouldn't like. At least explore the idea, explore you shouldn't, the argument. You shouldn't do anything. Like it doesn't mean, all right, well, if, if we don't have any choice, I guess I'll just sit here and do nothing. It, you know, it, does, it doesn't mean that. But that was already that. predetermined, right? And that was already predetermined, too. Yeah, exactly. But, like, 
It doesn't mean that. I mean, still act. Play with the illusion. Absolutely. I mean, obviously... And there's comfort knowing it's just an illusion. It's it's so weird. I listened to a TED Talk saying that you're basically hallucinating our entire reality. I mean, mean, yeah, that's technically accurate. Like I was saying, how things don't feel wet or like that. That's just our brain interpreting data you know it, right right nothing looks like anything you know it's it's just the senses picking it up and the brain interpreting it in a certain way hey oh, joe's oh, here oh, oh, oh. Yeah, man. good now we're, getting, we're getting into it <laughs> absolutely dude nice, cool. nice. <laughs> cool. oh yeah it's another right here cool or you can just use this one if you want. Uh, that yours is longer actually Cool. Um, question, can I charge my phone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, this one's open right here. I'm on like 3% or something. We got phone charges for days, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Covered a lot of topics. We're talking about yeah, we're uh, definitions, we're talking about society, nature, we're talking about free will, we're nudity. talking about nudity. <laughs> Covered a Buddhism. <laughs> Buddhism a little bit. A wide range, a wide range of topics. We're just talking about free will. Did you already say free will? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Just talking about that. I'll um, just try and chime in where I can. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Actually, if you guys want to continue this conversation, I gotta go take a piss real quick. <laughs> cool, that, that worked out. I kind of really forgot where we where yeah. we left off, really. Uh, we were talking about the EEG scanners and how they can basically detect the electro electric waves in your mind, like the the neurons firing a few mm. seconds before. Usually it's like 0. 0.6. Two seconds before uh, what? The thought? Before or? the conscious thought derives. Before it arrives. Before it arrives. Okay, yeah. Wait, there's technology to figure out what someone's thinking before like it registers in the person? I guess not the specific thought. Not like... But right? Like, right? But like the spark? I want to say it's also an Maybe. fMRI scanner. I want to okay. say that was some of the other technology. Maybe. I would definitely have to really look into these studies to have a better understanding Yeah, I don't of really it. know, to be honest. But, like, yeah, and, and, like, I was saying, I remember reading, uh, and again, I, I can't point at a specific study. I can't point at the validity of it. But I remember looking at it that, like, it was something, like, before a voluntary action, uh-huh. before the thought, or when you make a voluntary action, any voluntary movement mm-hmm. or whatever, it, like, uh, it almost happens before the thought yeah. comes. So that I mean, that we we got onto this track of conversation because we were talking about free will and mm-hmm. if it's an illusion, yeah. and that would kind of support it. That would kind of support it. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. But yeah. you, you might have the free will to like wire yourself a certain way, and then from there your wires might act like without you. Maybe doing the thought, but like you might have the power to wire. So are you okay. talking about like are you referring to affirmations? Like you affirm to your subconscious that <laughs> you kind of program yourself. Yeah, I think you, maybe you, you can program yourself. And then from there, you might act like you might not know like at the time like what you're gonna do. So maybe you don't have free will, but like you do in a way because you've programmed your mind to think. Okay, that. yeah, that's that's an alternative view for sure. So maybe. But um, were you were you predetermined to think? To pro- wire yourself that way. Is yeah. That, what you mean? That, that one I don't know. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what that's what we were kind of getting into, but yeah, it's like are are your opinions on things? Are they predetermined? In my opinion, yes. Because they shape <laughs> who you are. Yeah. Or, or where you define yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can change your opinion. For sure. But were you predetermined to change that opinion? We don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a but, sticky situation. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of speaking out of ignorance. I've only read a little bit about it. Mm. Only one book and listened to like a podcast. So I, I really don't know much, but I, I, all I'm saying is that there have been some very good arguments 
refuting the evidence uh, and, and backed with evidence. Right, right. Yeah. I think one of the big unknowns moving forward that's like right in front of us, I feel like the one thing we haven't really researched much is our own mind. And it's weird because it's in us. Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's one of the biggest like mysteries is like what our brain can do. Right. Yeah. Just consciousness as itself. Yeah. Like that in space seem like the biggest like things right in front of our own eyes that we don't know about. The two final mm -hmm. frontiers. Yeah, right. At least <laughs> Honestly, that we know. They both are. They least, both are consciousness yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. The final frontier. Or the beginning frontier. Yeah. Or dun, maybe the beginning dun, dun. and the final. <laughs> we haven't really I think I could this this will be some prophecy for this recorder. I could see us getting to a point where maybe we could even like do telepathy. Oh yeah, like we just I think know so. so little about our mind that we like I'm so sure little. once we figure that one out, it would be mm -hmm. possible to communicate without talking. I believe telepathy yeah. is a very real. I think it could be legitimate. Yeah, no no doubt. What type of timetable do we think that's possible with? I mean, if we're talking like that kind of stuff, are we talking in our lifetime? I don't think in our lifetime. I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't been observed. You know, maybe some Do you think artificial intelligence or any form of computer, any any form of like computer type technology can get us there? Yes. You think that's I, what's going to get us there? I, th I think, computer. yeah, I think so. I, I think, uh, yeah. I and maybe we will figure out a, like a way to do it. Maybe in some later branch of evolution of the species that we branch off to, if mm -hmm. if Homo sapiens stick around for long enough to even get to a point where they can evolve to what we would call a different species, maybe in some distant you know year we will have the biological capabilities to perform uh, telepathic actions and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But I think uh, I think in our circumstance, I think it would probably be a, a technological discovery. A, or it would be discovered along with technology. Um, I think so too. Just because that we're all about that shit. <laughs> but I, I, but, I didn't read the article, but I saw something posted the other day about how they're putting something, something inside, like implanting in your mind, and it can help your memory, which would be insane. Wow. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's For right. Sure. If, if I got anything implanted in my mind, I think it'd be towards yeah. memory, unless. If they could somehow do something with creativity, like mm -hmm. enhance his creativity, that'd be insane too. Right. I mean, I, I think it is all possible. And I, I think the yeah. system we're working with, like right here, like, I mean, you know my view of, of how everything's like the same shit or whatever, but uh, I think technology, we could get away to where it could, we can kind of almost mimic a lot of the things of the brain. Maybe we can improve our memory storage capacity in the brain. Because right. the brain, to me, just seems like a biological computer. Yeah, um, like a natural computer. For sure. And it's oh, funny it's that you're talking, about, uh, you're talking about uh, wiring the mind or programming it, because that's an idea that that I've liked for a while. You know, like, um, I've actually been, haven't picked it up in a while, but I was reading into, uh, if you know who John Lilly is, he uh, he was credited with, Inventing and popularizing the sensory deprivation tank. Really? Um, wow. He's a wacky dude. Like he's <laughs> you gotta he's, he's into dude. drugs, oh he, you know, whatever. But he's very intelligent. Okay. And uh, like anyway, Terrence McKenna or Terrence McKenna. Very Terrence McKenna type of dealio. Okay. Um, on the same level of wackiness. Really? I'd say so. Even though uh, how he conducts himself sounds less wacky, because Terrence McKenna's got this voice that's just like, <laughs> well, the modulator of reality, you know, and he kind of talks like that. The archaic revival is among us, you know. But uh, so he has a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he um, he has this book called uh, 
It's either programming and metaprogramming or metaprogramming and programming the human biocomputer. And I think he might have even been credited to coining the term biocomputer. And he's referring to the brain and the human body, brain body system. And he talks about um, all of our behaviors as as like programming programs and you can like metaprogram, which is basically just another which is basically programs that the brains have to rewire the brain, kind of like what you were talking about, or rewire different behaviors and tendencies or, and how you think and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, he worked a lot. That's why he developed the sensory deprivation tank to kind of, like, get into that I think that the best way to idea. rewire your mind would be through introspective thinking or something like meditation through the right. sensory deprivation right. tank. Mm-hmm. Can you go further into the sensory deprivation tank? Because I don't really know much about that. So a sensory deprivation tank or, like, a float tank is just a dealio where uh, – there's, I think, there might be one in Springfield even. That you the there is, there the is. Tank thing? Yes, I've done that actually. You've done a set, really? Yeah. What was it? How, how With long? With the Epsom salt? Yeah, it was an hour. How long of a flo- oh, a one hour float? Um, was it in Springfield? The one that you did? It was in Kansas City. How was it? Like one of these? It was really cool. Uh, yeah, it similar. Didn't look at, yeah, similar. But that was yeah. the idea. They like no, close you in on it, mm-hmm. and then yeah, my uh, my mom, she does a yoga instructor, and part of it. Part of her membership is that. Nice. So she let me use it. Cool. It I, was, I feel like it was the most, like, like, I don't know. I feel like it, it could be compared to, like, tripping, but naturally. Like, yeah. I feel like it's, like. Like, a lot of people report to... out-of-body experiences <clears throat> with it and stuff like that. I feel like it's Out-of-body trying... experiences, really. Oh, absolutely. That's very common with the sensory deprivation tank. I I feel like it's the best way to get inside your own head without using like substance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because it's because it's a form of meditation. Yeah, like it was <clears throat> like I've like I've tried to meditate with you and whatnot. Like I've I've like personally meditated, and I think that the deprivation tank was the best form of meditation I've ever had. For sure. Yeah. Wow. There, it's yeah, expensive cool. to go and float. Otherwise, I would. I'd be, I've been wanting to experiment with it. And I, I want to try it too. I would do all sorts of different experiments with it. I would want to do like a, I'd try an hour float, I'd try an hour and a half. I would be really cool if I did something like a four hour. It'd be crazy. Like I feel like a four hour float, I would for, I would completely forget who I am. I think yeah. it would be awesome. You would probably, because the idea is you're floating in darkness and you have this, the Epsom salt and the water. And so you kind of just relax lose muscles, sensation yeah. of your body and you kind of just feel like maybe like a naked mind. Em- embodiedless mind, kind yeah. of and you're like not feeling. Your, yeah, yeah, you detach from your body, kind of. For sure, for sure, and I that think that makes sense how you would have an out of body experience. Definitely, but yeah, this John C. Lilly guy. Uh, <laughs> you just look up a picture, so you, <laughs> you can see what kind of dude he looks like. But uh, yeah, he invented one of these things, and his whole point was to like help him try to reprogram the mind and stuff like that. So that's <laughs> that's him. Wow, that's the guy. I love that. So here's a quote. In the province of the mind, what one believes to be true either is true or becomes true within certain limits. These limits are to be found experimentally and experientially. When so found, these limits turn out to be further beliefs to be transcended. In the province of the mind, this is one of his, this last part is one of his, like, a quote he's known for. In the province of the mind, there are no limits. But then he always says, like, if you hear interviews with him, he's just like, you know, the province of the mind, there's no limits, but the province of the body, there are definitely uh, limits. That's what, <laughs> the body dies, but you could argue whatever, the mind or whatever spiritual side will live forever. Right on, yeah. There's definitely different arguments you can go with that, but yeah. So that's that dude. 
and uh, it's got a lot of really interesting books. He worked. He was really interested in uh, uh, telepathy, actually, since we were talking about that, that shit, really? and trying to communicate with other intelligent species. Dolphins was his specialty. He tried no to communicate way. with them. Um, uh, he tried to experiment with using like different psychoactive compounds with the dolphins and in the sensory deprivation tanks. Like he was really into that. Um, Do you ever get like a like a combo of the two? Like like in, go in a de- sensory deprivation tank with a dolphin. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think that. But but like <laughs> that'd be interesting though. But yeah. So that was his kind of dealio. He was really into inter- interspecies communication and That's stuff like that. And, and he saw dolphins as. Uh, and when I started looking into him, I started looking more into dolphins and like they're really interesting brains. They have really interesting forms of communication. They have some sort of like I forgot the word. Maybe like a like almost like a multi-stereo communication system where they uh, they can make clicking two different types of sounds at the same time or something. I don't remember. It was a while ago since I was reading it. That was like a more complex way of like talking than humans was like some of the wow. arguments about it. No like way. Like bats in a way how like, or do bats have a higher level communication. They sonar. I don't know. Yeah, they use uh, sonar. Okay, yeah, but sonar. yeah, it's it's weird when you say higher. I guess different, different. Yeah. But it's it's complex it's just a in some ways. Evolution. Right. That's so, so like, interesting. Uh, and like we were talking about Joe Rogan or whatever. Have you seen his uh, trigger? His up. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about the dolphins. I love that part. Uh, moving around or whatever. He's like, so I was high as fuck. Unedible. <laughs> and how I'm staring down face to face with this this dolphin. These water people yeah, talking to water people. people. <laughs> and he was talking about it's just like he looked at me like like a person would look at me. Like <laughs> like these guys are smart. And I, and I like how he said that. And it's just like, oh yeah. And, he talked about, like, and they don't wear clothes. They don't have jobs like people. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they they completely lack intelligence, but they don't need all that. He says they're underwater. They have all their food. They go to where the water is warm or whatever. They have everything they need in there. They don't need buildings. You know what I'm saying? It's a metaphor for us. Yeah, you, you, you could argue we don't need any, any of that either. Right, so, right. So, yeah. so he's just like... So it's just like it's just a different type of intelligence. So yeah, yeah it's interesting to think about. But maybe in a weird way, they're more intelligent because we hold ourselves back with like <laughs> trying to build up stuff that like, we need. We need all probably this... doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, I admire the simplicity behind that. Yeah. It's kind of like early Native Americans, as far as human beings go. They or they kind of have like the most natural sense of like we don't need to like over. We don't need to like. We don't need excess at all. Mm-hmm. Like we can literally just live off of the most basics, and we can treat it the best way possible. It's interesting you, so you say that, and like when you think about it, like uh, like who has it better? When you think of like the natives, Native Americans, or like modern society, it's interesting because you you kind of want to when you say better, you kind of want to be like, all right, who is mentally suffering more aver- mm-hmm. on average as a whole? Yeah. I don't really know. There's a lot of depression in society. There's a lot of shit. Obviously, we have better medicines. We can heal people better on a physical basis. Okay. But like, I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't spent any time living among native tribes. Maybe they're all. They're all pretty satisfied. I don't know. Maybe they're. They on average, maybe they're more happy in their culture than modern uh, society today. I don't know. So I can't. Yeah. Say, I would argue. I. I can't say either way. I don't have very much backing, but. I think once your human, your fundamental human needs are kind of met, there isn't too much happiness past life. Like, because what what would you argue for the material part, like the the more advanced society, like the material 
are going to make them happier, the money, uh, the luxury. Mm-hmm. You could you could mm-hmm. maybe be like watching the developments of people as in like if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, that's one of my favorite like things to look at. The Indians at that point, they've pretty much had like you know besides like a wild buffalo running through their tribe and like you know destroying them or some some wild. Mm-hmm. I guess they fought within themselves. But, like they had like the the basics of like food, shelter, water, love, all that. So if, if you think Maslow's hierarchy is, like, the natural, like, development of, like, what a human wants to achieve, mm-hmm. the next step is, I, I need to, like, pull it up and look at it, but the next step, I'm pretty sure, is, like, it's like per, it might be, like, personal success. Personal it, success. It's, it's something like that. So, like, if you look at, like, humans, like, developing the next step after, like, esteem would be, like... Yeah, we could be trying to fill our esteem needs right now with trying to like acquire so much like wealth and material. Mm. But they're they're satisfying those needs on an instinctual level. Like they're they're hunter. Like are, are you referring to hunter gathering? I I kind of was then. Of yeah. I was okay. Okay. Of those kind of native tribes, yeah. I guess. But and I don't know. Maybe maybe the relative stress level. I've also considered maybe it's the same. Maybe they have their problems and we got our problems, and right. maybe like none is actually really better. Yeah. Um, and it's just what you're accustomed to, you know. So it's 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 weird to think about things like that. Because I would definitely I would definitely say that if somebody from modern civilization went and lived a hunter gatherer lifestyle, they're probably not going to be fully satisfied. They're probably not going to be very it. happy. No, but if you grew up and you were conditioned in that. In that lifestyle, then it would be it would be exactly how you're conditioned in this lifestyle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you set your own bar. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're raised where like you only need to eat like, you know, a minimal amount and whatever, that's what you're used to. Mm-hmm. It's just like now we've gotten to the point where we expect more. Right. Right. But maybe we need to like have all this like excess to realize we don't need it. So maybe we need to beat the esteem level to then next would be self actualization. Once we get over the esteem. Part of our self-actualization would be to realize we don't need all that dumb stuff to feed our own, own esteem. Okay, okay, yeah. Because it's kind of like, there's a rapper I like named J. Cole. Shout okay. out to you, J. Cole. <laughs> and he basically, like, got rich, and once he, like, he always wanted money, he got rich, and once he got it, he realized that, like, none of this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. So then now he, like, he sold his car, he rides a bike, like. No way. And mm. he lives in New York just on his bike. No yeah. shit. According to the last interview, I've, I've heard of him. Like, there's a cool. chance he's since bought one, but as of like a year ago, he just nice. he doesn't even... Just minimalizing your life. Right. That's awesome. That's so cool. He said basically the only things that truly matter are like relationships and like your interactions with people because like money will come and go and all that. So For sure, for sure. The sense of community. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's the, that's the strongest correlation between happiness. Right. Is that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, why, why do we have stockbrokers jumping off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, but we have, like, homeless people living in San Fran happy? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, what exactly. actually matters to a certain degree. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Weird to think about. Yeah. I think it's cool whenever people go down that route, you kind of realize it's not the way, mm-hmm. and then they go to, like, the simpler, like, the simplicity of life. Mm-hmm. And then start enjoying the little things. You right. mean go down like, like a stockbroker route, for instance? Yeah. Just as like a like, very specific example. Yeah. Climbing like, the corporate ladder and then mm-hmm. realizing and then this is like, I, I don't want any of this stuff anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I'd be happier just chilling in the park 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why am I in this desk? <laughs> well, there's there's got to be some respect and admiration thrown to somebody like that. I I hate whenever people like just talk shit on that because there's no need for it because they they were honest with themselves enough to realize that that's not going to make them happy instead of just accepting what's not making them happy and then living a life of misery. For sure. Yeah, it's probably more admirable for the people who don't care about money than that do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, at least where I am right now, 20 years old, I understand why people value money. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want money. Yeah, yeah right. Me too. Yeah. Why, like, why, why are you in college, you know? Like, yeah. you probably, you probably <laughs> True, if, if you didn't value money at all, there's really no reason to go to, yeah. <laughs> go to college, I guess. Yeah. If it's the knowledge you crave, you can get it alternatively. But realistically, right. how many people are curious enough to, like, just be craving this knowledge? You know? <laughs> to go to college over it. Yeah. Right, yeah, if, like nobody. If you really themselves wanted to... Themselves that much debt. Yeah, if you really wanted to drop out and just read all the textbooks in the library here like you'd probably be, learn more it'd be easy <laughs> yeah I, sure. I am kind of with you at that yeah. but you don't get that piece of paper that allows you to get money yeah. easier right that's what's true it's fucked that piece of paper that allows you to get money easier it's the only reason I'm, I'm doing it yeah. <laughs> To get you pay paper to get a piece of paper to make paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one day, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, and one day the fact we back our money on paper might be completely irrelevant <laughs> because it is on paper. <laughs> it's all pointless. True. Yeah. Spend paper. Seems to the get a paper to make more paper. Would yeah. you guys get the like microchip in you that um, that carried currency with it? So it's like your wallet. If that was an option, would you get it? Uh, no. If I that, feel. Uh, I'd, part of me would feel opposed, okay, but, but that's I'm just stubborn, you know. Like maybe I don't I don't know why that'd be an issue. It's just, it just does make more sense. I mean, it's if I don't want to use it, I don't have to use it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But part of me would be like, oh well, I don't want that in me. I if I want to go out in nature, I don't want to have my my wallet built into me or, right. or whatever. But again, that's just like that's me being stubborn. I don't really see an issue with having that. It seems like it makes more sense. To yeah, be quite know. honest I with you, know. it seems like it only, honestly makes more sense. But yeah, as long as there's no negative effects to put in, I don't know why there would be. It's just a microchip. Yeah, as long as like you have full control over the chip, no one out there is like can track you with it. If it's truly just your like your your bankroll, uh-huh. like that's in essence what like Bitcoin is or like cryptocurrencies are to your phone. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just walking around with like your your anonymous bank account. That'd probably be the currency that would be used, or it could be. It'd be an option. It'd be an option. Right. That's mm-hmm. why that's why paper's going downhill. <laughs> paper's going downhill. Yeah, it could be on the crypto. For sure. Yeah. It's a world full of possibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that movie, uh, it's either called Time or In Time? You guys know what I'm talking about? Justin Timberlake? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I think so. I, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I can't I'm remember, but is the I idea you, they you. they pay in lives of their life? Is that what it is? Right? Basically, like And time. they can transfer it over, yeah. and then that's their money system, or they can, like, gamble or whatever, and you see it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that, but that's what it kind of made me think of, the microchip idea. There's kind of some correlation between the obsession that human beings hold with immortality with that movie as well, because the, the wealthy, the elites in the movie can just generate all that time, and yeah, it's right. all that time, and just have it built up, but they... That's, that's weird to think about, because the scarcity 
of time means that there's an inevitable death mm -hmm. and the rich people in that movie are willing to kill for personal gain mm -hmm. which that's kind of interesting to think about right well I assume there's like if if that's like in that world I assume there's still an X amount of time so ultimately if that were the game let's say there are no babies like no new life and there's just like an X amount of time you can't like create more life okay would it? Do you think it would inevitably just become like one person with all the time? Like it could take thousands <laughs> of years, but like eventually it's one person. They, yeah, should, they should make a time in time too. About that concept. Where, where they fight over it. There's two people left, and they all got like a bunch of years, and just like I gotta do it to your brother. <laughs> like puts him asleep, and then like takes all of his life, and he's like, "You got one year. Yeah. I'm leaving you strapped here, but the door will unlock." And then he realizes he's in a couple lonely. days, I'm out of here. And he's, he's just, just like, the last oh. person on earth. He's just like, "Fuck." Right? Because <laughs> inevitably, if you got all the time in the world. There'd be no one else. Yeah, and he gets sad. He offs himself, and he's like, "I made a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> My let's bad, write, bro. Let's submit, bad. submit the script. Let's, make, let's do it. <laughs> new movie idea. New movie ideas. New time too. Content, content, baby. It'll be Timberlake. All right, now I'm taking that piss. <laughs> Go for that it. was that was probably thirty minutes ago. I said that too. <laughs> yeah, you you did well. You <laughs> you held it. Oh, in. Yeah. He hit me up with this uh, this Mio Energy stuff, and mm -hmm. I've never. I mean, I think I've used Mio before. I don't think I've used an energy thing. Do they just sell flavors, too? Uh, like water flavors? I really don't know. I'm not... Like, to me, I've always... I think I've used that just to get some flavor on my water. I've never really... Same with 5-Hour Energy. Have you ever dabbled with any of those, like, boosters, so to speak? I have. I'm not a huge fan of them. Yeah, what do you think? Like, um, honestly... I mean, no. I mean, it gives you energy, no doubt. I don't think it's hoopla. Um, but I, I do think... I crash hard. <laughs> and honestly, the same thing with, like, uh, the energy drinks, like the Red Bulls and Monsters. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of those either, um, but I'm not super into the feeling of being, like, real, like, kind of stimmed out. I do, like, coffee every once in a while. Like, I'm I'm kind of stimulated now from sort of, like, yeah. one and a half of these yeah. in there. Like, if I have, I won't go over two cups of coffee because I don't like the uncomfortable sensations of being too stimulated. Yeah. But I, uh... I do enjoy a little bit of like, like I like soda for that reason and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I uh, so, but I think the monsters and the five hour energies they're just a little too much for me. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but so I don't really, I don't really use them. Yeah. But I feel, do you like them? I mean, I know a lot of people that are all that really like them. Yeah, I have a a Vibans prescription, so that's basically like a an Adderall kind of deal. Yeah, yeah like you know. out the wazoo. Like I think everything you can do with stuff like that. Kind of like how, um, what was his name that we just pulled up? The crazy dude with the hair? <laughs> John C. Lilly. Yeah, it's like everything is possible within the own mind. Like, you don't really need any of that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you if you can make peace with it, that like you can't, like, if you limit yourself and like think you need it, per se, mm -hmm. then like it'll help. Right, but, right. But like, I think, I do think all things are possible. Definitely. Within, you know, like, let's say, what, do we, do we have a number on what percent of the mind we can access? Uh, see, that's such a weird thing because you you often hear it's a false statistic, but you'll hear people be like, you know, you only you only use ten percent of the brain, or whatever. And then that idea of like the movie Limitless or whatever, where they take that pill and they're like, this lets you use all of it. Yeah. Like if you if you look stuff about that, that's heavily inaccurate. You use all of your brain. You just use all of it at different times in different right. ways. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's kind of like a 
At it's almost like an invalid question, saying how much percent of the mine do you use? How about at one time, what's the highest percent, do you think, or has there been a study? I, you know? I honestly don't, I don't know how to... I don't know how to quantify a thing like that. Like, I feel like I use, I feel like I use, not that I tap into all the different parts at the same time. I don't, and I think even if you did, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. I think the brain has to work in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Some parts have to be working while others are more quieted down and then mm -hmm. vice versa. I don't think you could just, Right. I mean, wouldn't you just have a seizure? Yeah. <laughs> like, if all your neurons were just going ham? <laughs> that makes no sense. So it kind of seems like an invalid question, yeah. I guess. But, I, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think there, we can definitely use our brains more efficiently. I think that there's memories that maybe we've lost access to that we could regain access to. Uh -huh. um, stuff like that. Like, um, like, I have a buddy who's had a... A lot of a series of a lot of concussions or whatever. Mm -hmm. He said there's like chunks of his memory that are just gone that he feel like he used to have, and he like feel like I should remember all that, but I I don't when yeah. people explain to him things. But then he says sometimes he's like, in certain states of mind, I feel like almost like all of a sudden I open something up where those oh. memories are accessed again, and he'll talk about that, and he's just like weird old feelings and nostalgia and just memories that I completely forgot I had, but seem so familiar to me and and. Like, he'll say things like that. So, yeah, I think there's, like, different parts that, like, maybe we don't have as much access to them that we could have. But, like, I, again, I don't think that's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird putting, like, some sort of quantifying measure on it. But have you, what do you think, like, the earliest, like, do you ever have those memories where you're just like, there's no way I should actually remember that? It's like maybe you're like kind five of. years old and you're just like, it's like something random. You're just like, how can I even like, yes. it's almost too young to access. I do, I do, I do have some of those. It's weird to think that things... you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I, it's very nonspecific and it's very, it's not fully defined. It's very vague, but still. it's not vivid, but like, I can remember, I feel like I was just so small. Like, I call it my earliest memory, mm -hmm. but I don't know what my earliest memory would actually be. But I can kind of remember being carried, like, in church, I guess. Like, uh, as a little kid, just being carried down the pew, down the pew or whatever. And that's literally all that's there. Like, that's baptized? what... I don't, I don't wow. know. I don't th no, I don't, think, I don't think to be baptized. Um, I just remember just being in church. And I don't know when this was, but... Um, that's the only thing that really, that's one of the things that mainly comes up when you ask me, like, do you ever feel like there's memories, you're like, how can I remember that? That's so, I feel like I was so young then. Especially when kind you're of, young and you're, they're extremely minuscule events in your life that you're like, yeah. like, what's the significance? Why Why is this a memorable right. thing in but my I, mind? But I remember it. And like I said, that's the level of vividness I have. I yeah. describe the full situation. Yeah. I mean, there's colors and stuff I could give yeah, you, yeah, yeah. but, but like... Of you, events, that's it. What about you? Do you have one you want to share? Um, there, I have one really random one of like, I don't know how old I was, maybe six or seven, where I was definitely, uh, I was with my mom in the car, and I forget the name of the, these two songs, but it was on an, an album way back that my parents knew, and the the songs were back to back on the album, and I want to say it was like, um, like Angels in the City, I forget the name of the song. Mm -hmm. I could probably figure it out if I start looking. But it was my mom was like we were listening to the first one. Mom's like, 
I bet they play this next one right after, and they did. Okay. And I was like right outside this like old uh, library that I went to before the Plaza developed their new one. Oh. And it was just like, and that was, that was randomly like I don't know why I remember that. Interesting. Yeah. But because you brought up that church one, I don't I don't think I'm bullshitting myself right now, but like. There's an off chance I can access a little bit of... Your baptism? My baptism. Yeah, interesting. Were yeah. you like an infant? I'm pretty sure I was pretty damn young. And it, it's it's weird, like how you said, I don't know if I'm bullshitting or not. It's A lot of times it's hard to tell with a lot of early memories. Right. Like You don't know what, what you manifested in your mind, and then that got solidified somehow, and then you think it's a memory. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard. So, like, I don't, I don't know about a lot of those. Because I feel like you could easily, like... Sell yourself on the idea of like a hospital room scene of you being born right. per se, for sure. But there's just no, I don't there's like. No, there's no way you can no actually way. remember that. Yeah, that's that'd be crazy. Right? That'd be my example of like bullshit. <laughs> you're, you're coming right at it. <laughs> I remember when I was in the womb. I remember when I was getting the nutrients. It was awesome. <laughs> it's all black, real vivid. It was, it was super good. It was super good. Man, I, I was swimming in placenta. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. I was swimming in that shit, son. I didn't have a conceptual mind yet. It was all abstract, but like I remember how it felt, man. <laughs> I wonder if there's any correlation of like those early memories, the fact that they're related with the not necessarily church, but like religion and all that. Like possibly some know. maybe like the spiritual it's like if, side if, of it. Yeah, if there's something up yes. there they want you to hold on to it. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be very So that memory you had with your mom predicting the next song, mm. was that your first time you ever realized your mom's a fortune teller? Uh, that's when I realized my mom knows every single song like before 1990. <laughs> she would literally just sing 101 The Fox and can't sing. She can sing every song. I'll that's cool. I, I like seeing what makes people like excited. You know, like or like what people enjoy. Like whenever you're surrounded by their interests, uh -huh. like you probably that's probably more like free side of your mom. You know. Mm -hmm. She'd always uh, just turn the volume up really loud and say, uh, I'm turning it up so you don't hear my singing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's going to be you in a few years with Kanye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kanye. <laughs> One love. I love Kanye. I think Kanye and J. Cole are going to be listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. They'll be like, yeah, man, we got a shout out. Joe Words fucks with me. <laughs> they get all flattered. Yeah. <laughs> they start blushing. <laughs> Didn't know I touched anyone out there. <laughs> Glad I have a fan. <laughs> so I was thinking about this upstairs uh, whenever I was making this amazing bowl of oatmeal. And uh, so there's, there's a. The duality of humility and confidence, right? I think I think a lot of people struggle with one of those mm -hmm. more so than the other, okay. and it's kind of there's kind of a correlation between the duality of genders of femininity you think and masculinity. So? I would say that typically men struggle with humility and women struggle with confidence. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Isn't that weird how there's a correlation between the duality of each yeah. topic? And uh, and could this, uh, and probably uh, the way, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've never actually thought about that specifically, but and is, could this be the nature of the behavior of how uh, testosterone and estrogen, you know, play into that, you know what I'm saying? Is testosterone just 
inherently more kind of like more aggressive and you know out there right and is uh but yeah but again i I don't i don't i don't even know what i think about the the premise of that statement i would have to really really debate it and like talk to a lot of people i think but like i see what you're saying though like at least at first glance it it does kind of seem that way i'm I'm speaking as generally as possible obviously it's gonna gonna come down to the individual and whatnot but generally speaking Interesting. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to, uh, like you wouldn't want to group every single male or female in either totally one. Totally not. That'd be a hasty generalization. <laughs> at sure. the same time, yeah, it's kind of like the whole yin and yang and like reoccurring, like perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read Be Here Now? I love that book, and I have it for sure. It's it's in my sacred books right. stack. Yeah, Be Here Now is great. Good good uh, way to look at uh, perennial philosophy, which is like. All religions talk about the same shit. And then also try to kind of understand Eastern philosophy for those who might not kind of... For those who can't get past the metaphorical symbolism of Hindu gods with nine faces and yeah. stuff like that. And it's it's a good book to read to kind of be like, oh, so like all of those are just different metaphors for how this works and stuff like that. And it talks yeah. a lot about that. And there's different ways to think about it all, I guess. But yeah, it's a great book. It opened my eyes to a lot of things as well. Have you read it? Yeah, I, I read it. I borrowed it from Joe, who cool. borrowed it from somebody else. Yeah, Dr. Richard Alpert, now Ram, Ram Das. He's a very interesting fellow. I, I've studied him a lot. I've Duncan Trussell, he like hangs out with him, right? He he uh, he went to a retreat that he held because he's he works for uh, he doesn't work. I mean, I guess, but <laughs> he was. I think it's the Hanuman Center. Hanuman is a Hindu deity that he kind of like gave himself to kind of okay. because his guru who was uh he, he met and uh he went over to the east in india i guess his guru uh maharaji um he was uh I love this <laughs> yeah maharaji's cool he's apparently a pretty cool guy like obviously there's a lot of like charlatans and a lot of like imposter okay. gurus or whatever he's kind of known as one that like that was one pure dude um Respect. And Maharaji was like kind of a devotee to the, the Hanuman tradition because so many different Hindu traditions have give like devotion. I mean, there's Hinduism is such a dumb branching term because there's so many different forms. It can't even really Just like be, we were saying earlier. It's not a religion. Buddhism. Yeah. I bet every single individual person sees their own religion differently. 100%. Like, there's no way, 100%. Like, there's no way, like, I bet there's not even two Catholics that view Catholic the exact mm-hmm. perfect to the point. I, I agree completely. I think yeah. everyone has a slightly different view right. of it. But yeah, so he was, he, his deal, uh, do you know his story at all, Richard Alpert? I do not know. It's really interesting. Uh, he kind of was in the, the 60s countercultural movement. He was kind of friends with, like, Timothy Leary and dudes like that. I've heard that name before, but mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with who he is either. Yeah, he he got really interested into. Uh, he was he went to Harvard, and uh, I forgot exactly what he studied, but it was it was legitimate and intelligent and whatever, and uh-huh. very scientifically minded dude. Uh, Might have been like psychology or yeah, something. That's what I was and uh, but he got he got interested in the uh, psychoactive compounds, the psychedelic compounds that arose in that time. And he began to see things differently or whatever. And then he, uh, he ended up going, (laughs) going overseas and seeing, uh, seeing what was up with, uh, 
remember the teachers. Yeah, the the teachers and the wait, where where overseas? India, India. yeah, and he, uh, and yeah. he the story of when he met Maharaji is interesting because uh, he talks about like uh, he's like Maharaj, we met up, we went up to meet him, whoever he was traveling with, and. Maharaji was the guru, he's the face of God himself, and like all this stuff, and he wasn't buying any of it, because his western scientific mind, you know, and, uh -huh. and when he first met him, all these people are like bowing down to him and kissing his feet, and he like wouldn't do it, he wouldn't bow down, and then uh, apparently Maharaji, like, I don't know, he like told him what was up, like, he told him exactly what he was doing yeah. a couple nights ago. He was like thinking about his mother or something like that, who died, and Maharaji was saying like, yeah, you were thinking about your mother, uh, back to this telepathy conversation right. you know um and he was like you think about your mother or whatever and at that moment he he did the same thing he like bowed down or kissed his feet or whatever and then he basically became a disciple of this maharaji guy and completely switched up his paradigm of reality and kind of became very into meditation and yoga and uh basically followed around this maharaji guy and and yeah, he saw him as so like he was a skeptic at first, and then he was he a total skeptic at first, and then he was just like, "Wow, this guy is super enlightened." <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I guess this if you guy think gets about it. it. Like, like the the best followers you could get are the people that are going to kind of resist it at first, then you convince them otherwise. Mm -hmm. I yeah. feel like they're because then you establish that trust wherever they had like a prevention focus going in on it. Mm -hmm. That they're. Uh, the same energy that kind of came at you with with the skepticism mm -hmm. is going to just be convert it back into loyalty almost mm -hmm. yeah but yeah he has a really interesting story you should totally totally look into him but, and he's the author of be here now yeah he's the author of be here now uh and it's it's written in three parts you, did you read the whole thing or just like i did not you read the first through it? i yeah. read the entire second second is like the passages. i want to say i read the whole the whole third as well gotcha yeah no, the third's about dieting right like the the third is a he calls it the sacred cookbook for or a cookbook for a sacred life okay and it's about like you know here's how to here's how to get clean here's how to get pure here's how to have a pure mind and see things as they really are wow. um and it's all these methods he talks about yoga postures he talks about mantras he talks about meditation techniques he talks about eating habits he talks are you about... familiar with any mantras or do you do mm -hmm. any personally yes I, do, you, do you do the beads whenever you do them? Not all the time, but I do have a set of uh, no Bodhi seed beads, actually. The I've Bodhi, never seen those before. Bodhi tree is said to be the, the tree that uh, Siddhartha Gautama, which is known as like the Buddha of our time or whatever, uh -huh. that's where he uh, fully realized enlightenment or fully realized nirvana. Okay, is he the, still alive to this day? Siddhartha Gautama? Yeah. The Buddha? No. He's been dead a long time. Okay, wait, wait, who's the, what do you mean of our day then? Well, the the term Buddha in in Buddhist philosophy, there's a lot of Buddhas. Uh, so it's is it like a type of thing that gets passed down, like the Pope? No. Uh, so basically, uh, when we talk about like when we say yeah, you know, the Buddha, is it like a certain point of enlightenment? Buddha refers to a being that has completely overcome all mental fetters and completely rid themselves of all clinging and attachment and no longer suffers and will not return to the cycle of life and birth. Life suffering and from what? Just suffering in general. He, he literally eliminated all suffering. Uh, and that's what a Buddha is. Uh, so, so is a Buddha, in essence... An enlightened, an enlightened being. being, a fully enlightened, a fully being. enlightened being. Yeah, there's different levels of awakening. So there's like, a... I, I don't want to before you get into the different levels. Mm -hmm. 
I have known, I am 100% convinced, and this might come off conceited, but I have raised my level of consciousness. My state of consciousness has been heightened since, the, just in the past few years, and mm -hmm. partially through books and a lot of introspective thinking, but I can just, and just more so than anything, just the desire to improve as a person and be the best version of me I can possibly be. And I, I think that is really, I think I've gotten a lot more enlightened. Mm -hmm. in the process because I have a lot more mental clarity as I carry on about yeah. my daily life than I used to. For sure. And I For sure. have a lot less clutter in my brain and mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, uh, and I'm more at peace with myself, a lot more confident with who I am. Well, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, you know, conventionally speaking, enlightenment's a weird word. I'm definitely not but, enlightened by any, like, but but I'm more enlightened and I've seen improve. Right, that's yeah, what I'm trying definitely, to point out. definitely. Okay. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, like, like when we say, like, Siddhartha Gautama is the guy that most people talk about when they're like, yeah, the remember the Buddha said that or whatever. Um, when they Most people say when they say the Buddha, they're talking about Siddhartha Gautama because okay. he kind of was the dude who founded Buddhism is a dumb way to think about it because he didn't make a religion. People made a religion out of him. Oh, you know, really? Really? I, I mean, yeah, same thing with Jesus. Jesus didn't make a religion. He just did stuff and then people wrote a book about it. Wow. <laughs> and then Christianity was born. I mean, it wasn't even originally that. I, Gnosticism and all this other stuff. But, uh, um, Let's so, talk about the real MVP, L. Ron Hubbard. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... But... Actually, like, in reality, there's multiple Buddhas, is what they would say. And depending on which tradition you ask, like, they'll say that, like, your mind is actually the Buddha. And, like, you know, it, depending on who you ask, it, there's all sorts of different traditions. But, like, standard view is, yeah, a Buddha is someone who has reached enlightenment, full, total enlightenment. Okay. And can never be unenlightened. Like, they've completely... They can never be unenlightened, really. Yeah, because, I mean, they got rid of all the mental fetters... There's no more footing for any delusion or ignorance to take hold in the mind. So then it's sort of like Nirvana is supposed to be like a thing that's like you completely dissolve. Like it's all good. I feel like I've had bits and pieces, like very, very small bits and pieces. Little glimpses. Of, of Nirvana. Of, and of, it, yeah, it seems to, the divine seems to come and go. Mm -hmm. It seems uh, like sand through your fingers. Like it for just, sure. It slips through and, and it's those very would temporary. Be, those would be more of just like insights and like higher state experiences is what they're describing. This, this might sound a little out there for anybody who's not into like meditation or oh yeah this probably understand. sounds super crazy this probably sounds like what the hell is this but guy I, talking about yeah yeah this I, is I, I, <laughs> well, even a year ago dude i'd be like a little i'd be i'd be delayed on how much i'm taking in right now right versus right. you know because my frame of reference has been enhanced so i i get what you're saying now i yeah true because a lot of the viewers they probably don't even like he's like mental fetters what what is he yeah like? right right i'm using terms that like only people like who we've had conversations similar to this before and like other people would be familiar with those terms right, but right, like yeah yeah true i guess no but if if you don't have any understanding of eastern philosophy at all then yeah this probably sounds like Sounds like you cuckoo. Have no idea what's what's being said here. <laughs> to elaborate on that, I swear I've gone into deep meditative states and come out with like truth, mm -hmm. like almost like an eternal truth. And okay. Throughout the experience, and I sure sure more so. So like an would you say would you say it's just like an insight that you had that now you can't like unsee? 
even though you may not be directly experiencing that insight, but you know you had it, and you're just like, well, I saw reality that way, and that's yeah, like how it yeah. was, so it's an eternal truth. That kind of mean what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm okay. saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like an eternal epiphany. Like it just, just a, a very intense realization, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's legitimate. But it's like, it, it's weird, too, because it's almost like I go to the gap and just kind of get your head space and, like, with free yourself of thoughts temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking, but then out of nowhere, like, these thoughts just arise and it becomes the truth. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it. it's only happening, like, once or twice. Right, It's very right. bizarre, but... Yeah. I don't know if it, like... It's, it felt very revelatory, very, like, oh. Yeah, kind of like, liberating, liberating, <laughs> yeah, liberating too. too, weight off your shoulders. Yeah, no doubt. Cool, cool stuff. But yeah, that would be another thing. Uh, <laughs> like you were saying, like, yeah, people that are listening to this, they might not know any of these kinds of lingo and terminology or whatnot. That would definitely be something, like you are saying, this whole podcast experiment is like a learning experience. Be like, oh yeah, that's right. We're having our conversation here and forgetting that there's so many other viewers out there that like, we need to have a, a context right, where right. they understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, more I guess, than anything, I guess I, I'll take that more into consideration. When, well, when more than anything, I'd rather just stuff. talk about whatever we want to talk about. Whoever likes it, likes it. True. And whoever, you can take it or leave it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. up to the viewer. <laughs> Good point. Good point. It's not like a class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no tests that we're going to give them and be like, <laughs> well, I didn't understand the material. Yeah, they, they want to take this. If they find this as valuable information or valuable content that what we're saying. For sure. If if they find it interesting, intriguing, they, they can listen. If they, mm-hmm. they want to click pause or just... Pause or, or throw their computer out the window. Ideally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, we encourage that, actually. Yeah, we, we were talking about... We started kind of getting into the specifics of, like, Buddhist terminology or whatever. And then he, like, mentioned, he's just like, yeah, a lot of our viewers, though, probably... I mean, they probably don't... Like, we've had these conversations before, so we kind of know what each other are talking about. But a lot of the viewers are probably like... And so we kind of talked about, so yeah, I said, yeah, perhaps we should provide, make sure we stay in a, in a context that most people would understand. But then he said, well, yeah, but we're not, we're not trying to sell anything here. You know, we're not, there's no, we're not teaching a class. We should just talk about what we want to talk about and then people can take it or leave it. <laughs> and, if, and if this inspires like one person to go out and study Buddhism, like, sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah or got, anything that we're talking about. I mean, we got through anything that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we're pushing. I don't even, I don't even know what religion I am, for the record. Like, right, you know, for sure. For sure. Like, if, if the, if I'm these, no religion. No yeah. religion is me. <laughs> yeah, I guess, right? The, the principle of religion. Uh, yeah, if any topic, you know, we talk about makes someone want to look into it more than, like, at I'm least great. to me, I accomplish, like, something. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Because, it, it, like, these thought-provoking questions and, like, our answers to and our opinions, like... They, they can inspire creativity, or not creativity, curiosity. Mm-hmm. And then that curiosity is going to drive them to go figure out more. And you're right, yeah, it can shape, we, we could be potentially shaping the youth of America. <laughs> <laughs> True. No, I'm with you. If this, if this gets through to any, I mean, if this makes anyone want to go like look into something, that's awesome. Cool. I would love to be a source of inspiration. Like we, source of three of us right here are creating a source of inspiration. Or even if it's potential. just, uh, you know, morning coffee entertainment before work in the morning. That's cool too. You know, Absolutely. where they're just like, cool. I got 
Got my mind turning a little bit before I go and sit in my desk for maybe nine listen to five. On, on their way to work. On their way to work, yeah, exactly. On their way to the gym, <laughs> at the gym. Yeah. Whatever sure. it is. I, my favorite time to listen to podcasts is on the long car ride. Long probably. car ride? That's where I'm the most attentive, yeah. True, because there's not much happening. There's just a road, so you're like, gotta have something going on in here. Absolutely. <laughs> and music gets old pretty quick for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I like music, but, like, I, I'm talking, like, a three, four-hour car ride. Like, you need something else. I, 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 I feel you. I prefer something, like, mentally stimulating, like totally. an audio book or something like totally. that. Totally, yeah. But I, usually what I'll do is just switch between music and podcasts the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'll do the same. So a lot of times I'll just use music, but then, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Sometimes I'll do music, and then I'll be like, all right, it's time to listen to, like, a lecture or something that, Absolutely. that I'll find interesting. A TED Talk or something. Yeah. Something informative, something mentally stimulating, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, I just sit in silence, to be honest. <laughs> I just like like sitting with your own thoughts. You mm-hmm. know? A man and his thoughts. A man and his thoughts. <laughs> a wide world of possibilities. Right. <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about this? So, every single person in your immediate family has been inside your mom. God. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> Has been inside your mom. <laughs> That's the mentally stimulating part I was talking about. <laughs> that would that would feel uh, interesting from a mother's point of view. They're like, wow. all y'all have been up in this. <laughs> I, I, I read something about motherly love versus loverly love. Like, well, yeah, yeah, like loverly, because it's becoming. It's in essence what it is is. The motherly love is two people that are one becoming two, and... Oh, loverly love is two people that are two becoming one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's cool. I haven't really thought about it like it's that. It's like the but complete that's, opposite of motherly love. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. It's interesting. There's, there's a merging, and then there's a separating. <laughs> it's interesting. That's, why that's cool. I like that. It's like... As long as your mama love you, don't ever love a woman. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you mm. What's the last hour of the podcast? There's just nothing but silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. But, yeah. Hmm. I can't even think of anything else to... Only covered a lot. We did. <laughs> how, how deep are we? We're two know. hours in. Two hours in. I think cool. this is the longest one yet. Really? Yeah. No yeah. way. How long? How long has your other ones been? Like Ooh, an I hour and a half? Or, uh... I, I think I've done some that are an hour and a half. Okay. So let's look. Hour seventeen. Hour ten. All the rest were under an hour. All these are under an hour. Nice. Nice. At least some with my grandpa that I did originally are a little bit longer. Cool. 106, 108. Yeah, this is by far the longest. Heck yeah. This is a cool setup. I like this. I like I like rarely serious TV. Nice. Yeah. This is the original brand. Cool. That's how I, that's how I like to look at this stuff. It's just branding yourself. You know? mm-hmm. Do we get to take a picture? Do what? Do we get to take a picture? Do you want to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the three of us? Yep. Yeah, let's take nice. it like while we're recording even. Cool, cool. Hey, who has the best phone? I, I bet I don't. <laughs> what kind of phone do you have? Yeah, that one's probably better. I have to dip soon, too, to be honest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I get the photo in. <laughs> Actually, you want to take it yeah, from over there, and then we'll get the TV and everything in the back. I like it. Get my hair. Yeah, I'm going to turn <laughs> I know we're all like, major role. <laughs> 
So what we'll do is we'll start the podcast off with the video footage, and then once uh, once the video died or whenever that died, it um, yeah, because it usually it usually lasts like an hour or so, mm-hmm. or probably probably like an hour and a half on full charge, and then we then let's put that picture in, and we'll go from there. I didn't realize there was even a camera down here. Oh yeah, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been recorded the whole time since you've been here. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. How's the uh, how's the sound quality with this thing? Is it decent? Yeah, it's good actually enough? pretty good. good enough. Yeah, good enough for sure. Maybe not when I'm jiggling it around. <laughs> <laughs> Just blowing in it like. How's the sound quality? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's been. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the the production. Where'd you get it? Well. Have you have you had this a while? I or? bought it on YouTube originally. I have a lavalier, which is the one that you're gonna run up your like shirt so like I, did, I got that originally for prank videos never used it for a prank video which I might I might do a prank video at some point like in the near future honestly that would be fun to do nice I thought it's I'd get on the CC's or the pizza <laughs> wait tell, tell the audio what uh, your idea was I like that alright so I have a $15 gift card to Little Caesars <laughs> so in essence I can get like three pizzas for free so I want Jordan to walk in there, get a pizza, walk out the front door, just throw it as far as he can in the parking lot, walk back and ask for another, and see if they'll give it to him or what their reaction is. <laughs> nice. Can, Be can good. I get another pizza? You know? <laughs> I wonder what they'll do. Oh, that'd be so funny. You gotta, you gotta make it so that they can see it, though. Mm. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, but like, if two of us walked in there and then one of us held the door open and we threw it from inside to like outside. Yeah, like we want them to see it. Yeah, there's work in there. Or pull some like Breaking Bad shit and throw it on the roof. Nice. We visited the house for Breaking Bad. Are you, are you familiar with that show? Yes, yes. Good show. You visited show. the house? The house in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like where you're supposed to live, like Brian Cranston? Yeah, where, yeah, where you lived like back in the show. Where the pizza goes on the roof? Yep, yep. <laughs> we were going to throw a pizza on the roof. It's actual problem there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Who? Is it? What? Like teenagers will go back Who and lives throw. There? Is so, okay, so it's just a house. We were going there originally, and we were kind of like scoping the place out. And then we walked back to our car. We were going to go get a pizza and buy a pizza after, like, seeing the place. Mm-hmm. And then throw it on the roof. And as we're there, like, kind of scoping the place out, uh, this old man waddles out with an oxygen tank and a cane. And we both just kind of look at each other because I was with my Australian buddy. And we just both look at each other and we're like, yeah, dude, fuck this. We're uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to make this old man with a cane and oxygen suit get on the roof of his house. Like, I would not be able to sleep. <laughs> that's, who, that's who lives there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now. You think he makes meth? I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. I think he sells it from there, too. <laughs> dude, that'd be so ironic. That would be very ironic. <laughs> it's just like, I got the blue stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's committed. I don't think they were that big of Breaking Bad fans, to be honest. Maybe not, yeah. Honestly, it'd be kind of a disgrace. Nothing against the people or the residents that live there, but if they don't uh, watch that TV show, like, I don't know, I feel like you shouldn't be able to live in that house. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a requirement to live in the, live in the Breaking Bad house. Actually, speaking of movie houses, I have a buddy from California that I met when I was going to Maryville University my second semester of college, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And this dude, so he's, he's from Cali, so somewhere in SoCal or so, Southern California. Um, and he 
knows the homeowner of the house they use in Step Brothers. Oh. And that the room that they use for the drum set, where like he rubs his balls on the drum set, that was my buddy's friend's room. Okay. So I, I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, that's a hilarious scene. That's a hilarious scene. <laughs> it's so it's so uh, graphic too. Like you don't think they're actually gonna show anything, and then they show like the fake balls on there, and you're just like, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie in a while. Good movie. <laughs> what are you thinking? You wanna anything else you wanna cover, or should we call this quits? Ah, uh, it's up to you. I, I I mean I don't have anything specific, but. <laughs> I can't think of anything on the can't think of anything. We covered a lot of topics. So we have. It's a good pod. <laughs> this is a good pod. Nice. I love shortening up the pod, too. Me, too. I'm, I've noticed you started saying that, and then I started saying it, too. I'm like, pod sounds pretty cool. The lingo, do a, baby. Do a the pod. Lingo. <laughs> do, some, do some pod, man. <laughs> cool. So, I guess uh, the send-off will be... Yeah. Any concluding statements? I, I really... I, I want to point out anybody making it to the end of these. Good job. Really, really, <laughs> For one, good job. <laughs> good shit. Good shit out there. But even if you, yeah, even if you skipped to like two hours and you only listened to the last 15, like I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you listening right now. Uh, please subscribe if you don't mind. And well, anything, I just appreciate your time. If I'm going to take your time, I hope to produce the best quality pro- or possible. And I want... I want my guests to enjoy the experience, and I want my listeners to enjoy the experience as much as possible. So, hell yeah, hell yeah. Just some you appreciation. Any, any final words? Any final words, Joe? None. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, and prosper. There you go. Peace, love, and prosper. That's all you need. <laughs> that's that's what we're ending off with. Here. I agree. Bye.